<laughs> I'm like, bro, what if it said this dude is a big doofus and you've been like parading it around and any Chinese person who sees it is like, whoa. <laughs> His tattoo Yikes. actually says, please beat my ass. And that's why he got the shit <laughs> kick out of him. Yes. yes. <laughs> I am praying that, you know what? Headcanon accepted, done. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Our Lost Podcast, brought to you by the Aficionados Podcast Network. My name is Robin Jeffrey. I'm a 26-year-old actor and artist. I like brooding antiheroes, feminist agendas, and I have way too much knowledge regarding details that no one else remembers. You can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey pretty much everywhere, and our fun fact for this episode is talk a little bit about your tattoos, or um, like just a tattoo that means a lot to you. So I have five tattoos. Um, I would say that my favorite one is just of the lost numbers. Oh, yeah. Um, I got it in Hawaii. Oh, wow. And um, so it's it's very meaningful to me. Um, but I would say my other favorite one is um, just like this tiny little line that I have on my arm. It's a hyphen. Um, so it's just like literally just a little line. And it's because another word for a hyphen is a dash. And my dog growing up was named Dash. So Aww. that's why I have that. And my sister has the same one. So I would say those are my two favorite ones that I have. Those are my favorite ones. One day we will have matching tattoos. That day is not today, but one day we will. Uh, well, okay, yeah. So I was supposed to get a matching tattoo, like not, not this past January, but January before, you know, when the world was normal. And I was going to get it in the same place that Brittany was getting hers. It was like these geometric um, headphones. Headphones. It's our logo. Because it was supposed yeah. to like, yeah, it basically was supposed to represent like this podcast network that we built. But a cat scratched up my wrist where I was going to get it like two days beforehand. So I couldn't get the tattoo there. And then everything shut down. So I still don't have that tattoo. I, I feel bad about it. What a bad cat. <laughs> I can't believe that a yeah. cat would do that. You certainly couldn't be one of my cats. <laughs> yeah. I can believe a cat would do that. I'm thinking of all the times my cats have injured me in my tattoos. It's like they yeah. want me to look ugly. Exactly. Exactly. Like my wife's arms look like a little battlefield. Oh, yeah. Thanks to cats. Oh yeah. Uh, my name is Brittany Ray. I'm a 31 year old journalist from beautiful post-apocalyptic Vancouver, BC. I like badass moms and long naps. I'm on Twitter at Britannia where I can be found attempting to be interesting and talking about my cat, which is not the same cat that cut up Robin's arms. Thank you very much. Um, It is. Well, it is. He's a bad boy. <laughs> All my tattoos actually match with other people. So mm. the one that I got, my first one is a wave that's in a, like a heart, you know, like every basic bitch. And I have that with my cousin and my sister. And then I have the headphones that Robin's going to get. And then I have a little Canadian maple leaf that matches with my sister. Aww. Oh, I forgot you guys are Canadian. Oh my gosh. We yes. are. <laughs> we, we are. We are. Unfortunately. No, not unfortunately. You guys get like real winter. I'm jealous. Oh my god. Okay. I am from a place that gets to like 40 below. So is Robin. Uh, and 40 yeah. below Fahrenheit and 40 below Celsius are the same temperature. Mm -hmm. So that tells you how cold it gets. Ooh, I don't think I can like conceive of it being that cold. I have enjoyed traveling in the north, but like I can see how the novelty of the cold would wear off after a while. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's why we moved to Vancouver. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, gosh. The warmest place in Canada. Oh. And uh, our guest for this episode is Wyatt. Yes. Hi. <laughs> uh, I'm Wyatt, also called Anna, also called uh, Long Boss, the creator of the hashtag Long Boss Challenge. If you're a trans femme on Twitter with a very specific set of anime interests, you've probably followed me. Uh, <laughs> and I host the Objectively Correct podcast. 
which is just a show about niche opinions and the people who have hot takes on them. And for my tattoos, I like, I have a lot. Uh, <laughs> I like always get asked how many I have. And I'm at the point where I'm like, oh, I don't, I don't keep count. I always get just like whatever dumb shit I'm thinking of getting. Right. My first tattoo or like one of the first two that I got was like, I got the Battlestar Galactica insignia on my <gasps> right shoulder and then the Hydra hold station up. on my left shoulder. Oh, did yeah. you say hold up? Sorry. Yeah. Hold up. Were you in the Battlestar Galactica fandom back in the day? Oh, I still am. Well, I wouldn't say like fandom in the sense that I associate with other fandoms, but I am heavily into Battlestar Galactica. I actually have my uh, my lower back tattoo is a representation of Kobol if it was orbited by the 12 tribes and each of the planets is colored after the zodiac sign they are named after. So like uh, Caprica is like a bright red and then I have like a little tiny purple pycon and then underneath it, it's the first words from the sacred scrolls life year began Wyatt. Out there <laughs> Wyatt, i'm having a, i'm having a full breakdown so you know so you know that cat no no yeah you know that that cat that we were just talking about yeah his name is cobal oh oh yeah. i love it that's awesome <sighs> yeah bsg was like that was like it for me like that was my like fandom like that was like the end all be all of everything like i moved to vancouver because of battlestar galactica because that's where they shot oh. it oh my gosh that's so intense you've definitely got me beat <laughs> <laughs> i don't know i don't have a bsg tattoo i kind of want one though oh i have the insignia one the lower back for battlestar i also my right uh thigh have uh the mural from starbucks apartment on <gasps> caprica so like with her poem and the the like really sloppy yeah. jupiter's eye so it definitely yeah. has not aged well because it's an exact watercolor representation of her painting but i like it and when i met katie sackoff she complimented me on it so that made me feel extremely special oh my god i like you're my new favorite person <laughs> You know? Yeah, I have a, a yellow moth tattoo on one of my arms, and apparently Katie Sackoff also has like a yellow butterfly tattoo in the same place. Uh, so I had a, I've never felt like I've gone full like fanboy in front of everyone before, but meeting her, like she's so much tinier yeah. than I am. Because I'm like, I, I like talk jokingly call myself an Amazon or an Amazon after my middle name. But I'm like not that much taller than average. I'm like six feet and probably not for long because I have trash jeans. But she's like <laughs> 5'2". So we did like the whole fan photo thing with her. And I have just gangly enough arms and she is just like tiny enough that her butt cheek is like the exact same height as my hand because I have like weird <gasps> orangutan arms. And so I accidentally touched her butt while I was taking a photo with her. And oh my God. I, it was all I could do not to burst into tears because I was sure she thought I was a pervert and I did it on purpose and I was going to get arrested. But I, I honestly don't even think she noticed, but I was like shaking. And my friend Haley had to like take me to have an anxiety attack in the bathroom because I was like, they're going to throw me out. This is why I don't ever come to these things. I was so upset. <laughs> oh my God. This is so weird because like I was... Like, I watched Battlestar live at the same time that, like, Lost was airing. So, like... Oh, yeah. I Other than, like, my own wife, I haven't met anyone who was, like, around for Battlestar. Oh, yeah. I own all the original, um, like, pulp sci-fi novels from the original run back in the, the 70s and 80s. I have a lot of the original comic books, uh, too, as well as, like, the new trade for season zero. Like, it's my... Yeah. Whole, it's, like, 90% of my personality. <laughs> I actually have my uh, mic set up right now on a copy of the Battlestar Galactica board game. <laughs> oh, yes, I love that board game so much and no one will ever play it. And it's because they're afraid of the tokens. It's so hard. 
Exactly. <laughs> okay, well, um, sorry, Robin, we got off track, but it's very important to talk about Battlestar. Thank you. I, I completely understand. But but let's uh, dovetail onto a different show, shall we? Oh, okay. Yeah, sorry. Same energy, though. <laughs> All good. Okay, so the next question is like what loss means to you how you know wh- how it came into your life sla- and then like some of your favorite characters oh for me ooh, that's a- <laughs> about to get vulnerable uh, <laughs> so lost was like probably one of the first shows i ever really got into while it was actually airing because like i didn't like i'm really passionate about bsg but i didn't get into that until probably freshman year of college so i have watched lost's its final season was airing my senior year of high school and uh, it was like the first time i ever felt connected to other teens not that i knew a lot because we were all watching the same show together my best friend and really like my only friend growing up because i was like homeschooled on the backwoods of tennessee and like i had one friend in biking distance and then like a couple kids from church but she was really into lost and so like our last year and summer together before we went to opposite ends of the state for college was just like re-watching every single episode up until like the finale of season six and then we had like a huge slumber party and watched the finale together and we ended up getting um each other the same gift for high school graduation which was the big like lost box set with uh, yeah. like board game stuff and all that so i feel like it's like the last time i had like stress-free joy in my life so (laughs) even though i know it's like a flawed show i always come back to it because even in the fraught episodes or the episodes that make me cry i'm just like god this was like before not that it's bad to think critically about media and i've always been like Mm -hmm. a critical person but this is before i was fraught with like discourse and i was just like purely watching something for sheer enjoyment it was probably the the last or one of the last shows where i just like untainted consumed art and so that's that's why i love it and favorite characters number one is obviously hurley i was a really like chubby kid and like i feel like when you're chubby or like and also just kind of like my build and this is before i like knew i was non-binary and before i kind of like embraced my gender identity i would get mistaken Mm -hmm. for a boy a lot and hurley was chubby and soft and kind of feminine and he had long curly hair so it was like my body type was represented and kind of my aesthetics are represented uh also like general personality because he's the only one like jack is like a doctor and a pilot and a survivalist and like kate's a con artist and she can shoot like and hurley's just like a guy who likes star wars and he just like i was like oh <laughs> happened to win the lot win the lottery yeah. yeah so i was like oh i love him so he's number one and then probably right below him is the quans they're tied for second place great choice <laughs> I love these. These are really good choices. so if anyone wants to follow you where can they follow you uh yeah if you want to follow me i am the last amazon currently on everything and then like uh my name like not my at but my name is alls wyatt on the western front so you can search either of those find me on tumblr twitter instagram i try and keep it consistent i love how both of your names are like hey puns yeah it took me a while to think of a good one for wyatt but i was um i was born the same year tombstone came out and my dad raised me Mm. on a lot of kirk russell movies but specifically tombstone and he really wanted to name me wyatt earp and weirdly enough being in the bible belt the name change was like the easiest thing because my dad was pumped that i was gonna be named (laughs) wyatt he's like jazzed about it so like kind of ignores the part where i'm not a girl he doesn't go out of his way to gender me but like it's whatever like yeah he's a 60 year old uh, redneck i don't i I take what i get (laughs) yeah 
Right. Today we have words to say about episode 309 of Lost Stranger in a Strange Land. I thought that I was going to have to beg somebody to come and be on this podcast. But Wyatt, I gave you, I remember like two years ago, maybe more, when I <laughs> was um like scheduling for this season. I was like, okay. And I gave you like a whole list of episodes and you chose this one. <laughs> Can you explain why you did that? Yeah, I would like to know this. <laughs> well, one, it was like, I know this is one of the ones that's famous for being it's like in the top three or four lowest rated episodes right including like yeah. the one that has like paolo or whatever yes i love that episode personally <laughs> and i i have a fondness for terrible episodes like not to circle back to bsg but i have a fondness for the black market episode and it is panned by critics and fans alike so i was like i was literally <laughs> i was about to say that i was like it's the woman king or black market of laws <laughs> Yes, it is. Uh, and so I was like, oh, I want to do this weird one. And also because it was like one of those, I, don't, I like don't know if there's a specific word for this emotion, uh, but it's one of the things my partner Greg and I bond over, which is where you watch something that was like, it had so much potential to be good and it just kind of fumbles the ball over and over. And like, yeah. I can't stop talking about all the ways it could have just uh, been better. And I almost feel like I consume media like that more than I consume good media. So I think that's Thank literally you. how I walked through the last two seasons of The Hundred. Oh, yeah. God. Was going yeah. and here like on our podcast being like, and here's what you could have done to make it so much better. And all the listeners are like, wish they did that. And I'm like, same. Yeah, same. <laughs> Boy, it could have been better. Yeah. Um, okay, so Stranger in a Strange Land, the title kind of, I think the main thing is that it comes from the Bible. So Exodus 2.22, the verses, and she bears him a son and he called his name Gershom, for he said, I have been a stranger in a strange land. What that means? Couldn't tell you. I went to Sunday school for maybe a year. But there's a novel that's named after that Bible verse called Stranger in a Strange Land. It's a 1961 science fiction novel by Robert A. Heinlein. And it tells the story of Valentine Michael Smith, a human who comes to Earth in early adulthood after being born on the planet Mars and raised by Martians and explores his interaction with an eventual transformation of Terran culture. There's also four songs with that name. Iron Maiden, U2, Barbara Streisand, and Leon Russell all have songs called Stranger to Strange Land. And I'm pretty sure all of them are just mostly born out of that one Bible verse, I assume. Um, I know nothing about the Bible, so I have nothing to contribute here. <laughs> I know very little about the Bible, despite being raised... Uh very religious i've done my best to just kind of just delete those files yeah yeah i went to catholic school couldn't tell you a thing about the bible (laughs) (laughs) oh me too yeah (laughs) i i think that ultimately it was just kind of chosen as you know the flashbacks jack he's a stranger he's in a strange land and he doesn't know what's up at all and that's probably why it was chosen but the broadcast date was february 21st 2007 it was written by elizabeth sarnoff and christina m kim and it was directed by Paris Barclay. I believe this is the only episode that Paris Barclay ever ever directs. But uh, Elizabeth Sarnoff and Christina M. Kim have historically written some bangers. So I'm going to blame the writer's room on that one. Like okay. The full writer's room I'm going to blame on this one. Um, I've got some fun facts about the episode in general. Um, it's the first Jack flashback episode where hi- where Christian Shepard does not appear. I'm not upset. In every other Jack flashback episode before now, Christian Shepard has been in it. Hmm. You know, because daddy issues. Also, no character or actor who appeared in the previous episode appears in this episode, which we talked about last episode on the podcast. This is this episode and Flashes Before Your Eyes. The only times this ever happens in the entire series is that Flashes Before Your Eyes is a, for a completely different group of people. And this episode is for a completely 
different group of people and none of those characters intersect between these two episodes and this is the only time it happens in the entire series that is actually weird yeah that, that's really interesting um it was also one of the series most poorly received episodes and the <laughs> negative fan reaction prompted abc to let the producers set the show's end date this is a good thing which we're gonna get into real quick with our thoughts from listeners so this thoughts from listeners comes from manda who is at amw underscore 316 on twitter and they wrote a couple of things one of those things i had to boot to the um to the spoiler section so i'll bring that back later but manda is a very vocal jack supporter and i always love hearing what they say about it um but this is what they said to me um here's my defense of stranger in a strange land don't get me wrong this is far from my favorite episode but here are five reasons why it's not so bad now like i said one of those reasons got booted to the spoiler section so there's only four here first of all flashback jack looks hot (laughs) that's That's fair fair. yeah she's right and she should say it (laughs) kate's determination to immediately go back for jack especially if like you're a jate fan that's a big thing the tattoo explanation does kind of tie in with some former hints like in season one he neglects to tell kate where he got them and he evades sawyer's question about them in season two and this is exactly the kind of thing where loads of fans would go but you didn't give us the answer to that but as evidenced here giving the answers to every tiny detail isn't a positive thing yeah so you know people are always like but you didn't answer us this one thing and damon was like because it wasn't interesting okay but my question is did they let them set the end date so that you wouldn't have like filler episodes like this like what's the story there yeah exactly so it helped uh the fourth reason that manda sent was it helped speed up the decision to plan the ending of the show which was a positive thing what was kind of going on at the time was that um abc because this was like the first show that was like really episodic in the way that lost was you know where it's like you couldn't watch the previous like you had to watch the previous episode to understand it was serialized yeah exactly and so abc was like whoa (laughs) this brand new thing that everyone really likes you can have as many episodes as you want in fact i uh i refuse to let you send an set an end date thanks disney it's going to go on forever okay it's gonna go on forever because it's making us money And that's not what Damon and Carlton wanted to do. And because of this episode, Damon and Carlton, I don't think this is what they meant to do. Like, I don't think they sought out this, uh, like, this reaction when they wrote it. Like, I don't think they wrote it bad on purpose. But ultimately, because of this, they were like, see, now we have filler episodes that aren't good and people are mad. And ABC was like, true. And so they let them (laughs) choose when they they ended the show, basically. (laughs) So true, bestie. So we, we have this episode to thank. Yeah. Note to self, sometimes failing works. Yeah, exactly. You know what? I'm going to pretend this was a diabolical plan. Right. Okay. So in uh, my notes here, I wrote a couple of things that Damon and Carlton have been quoted to say about this episode. Damon said, I feel like it's... Uh, okay, so so he basically has two different statements. So the first statement is, I feel like it's unfair to bag on that episode. Am I a huge fan of it? No. But at the same time, there were so many different circumstances that led to that episode that needed to be written and so many ideas that didn't work. The fact that it all coalesced, there was a bad cast decision made which i want to talk about later because i don't know exactly who they are talking about yeah there was a bad premise decision made which i think uh Maybe both of those are about the flashback. There was a bad flashback story and just everything that could go wrong did, but I don't think it was because the script was terrible. And then later he had another statement that said, on further reflection, he tweeted this. He tweeted this a couple of months later, I think. On further reflection, I'm willing to admit that Stranger in a Strange Land was a little bit pitchy. (laughs) I love when writers are like, yeah, I messed up on that one. Yeah, I respect writers more when they're like, you know what? I was really cranking out some shit on that one. My bad, guys. Exactly. 
<laughs> and then Carlton's statement, basically, I think someone asked what the worst episode was. And he said, I think the episode where Jack gets his tattoos in Thailand, I think it's cringeworthy where he's flying the kite on the beach. It was not our finest hour. We used Matthew Fox's real tattoos. That's how desperate we were for flashback stories. Oh my God. Yeah. So basically, yikes. So they built an entire like appropriative story around Matthew Fox's existing appropriative tattoos. Right. Do I ever have thoughts on that? How they keep being like, like at least Isabel in this episode says, hey, that's written in Chinese. And you're thinking, hmm, that's weird because he's in Thailand. Yeah. Uh, and then and then you go and look at the actors and both Achara and Chet's actors are both Chinese. And you're like, huh, I have more thoughts on this later, but okay. not really sure what happened there. Like, I know that it was 2000, what, 2005? 2000, yeah, it was like 2006, 2007. Oh, just keeps getting worse. as <laughs> I keep saying larger numbers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, you know better. Like, it, like it, it was never going to age well. Right. Yeah. Like, there's there's certain things. And, like, there's a character that comes later in which, like, I don't know if it was a specific, um like, try to wrap up what happened here or whatever. But, the, like, they don't usually do this. You know, like, the Korean stuff is so good. And, um you know, in season one, when uh, I think Hurley keeps saying Chinese or Japanese and Michael, like, specifically is like, no, no, they're Korean. And then later we have a, a character who is an Asian character and people, like, ask him to speak Korean. And he's like, I'm from Encino (laughs) right so it's like it's so weird that this happened yeah when like it's surrounded by not this uh, and I don't do you want to save all of like the Jack tattoo talk for the flashback because I got a lot of thoughts with the capital T on that as well (laughs) yeah let's do that yeah okay great so here is around when Brittany would do her recap of the episode um she's going to record it separately and so we will uh put that in right here Sorry, there's Bonk. a newborn in our house. It's very chaotic here. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> we'll allow it. We'll allow it. She's like five days old. All right, here we go. Ugh. Okay, so on the island, Jack and Juliet swaps jail cells because Juliet is in big trouble. Jack isn't impressed because now Friendly is making his sandwiches and they're just not as good. He doesn't even cut the crusts off. The others have Juliet ask Jack to fix Ben's infected stitches and Jack is like, lol, no. Isabel rolls up to Jack's cage, makes fun of his tattoo, and then shows him she has Juliet tied up. Was killing Ben Juliet's idea? Jack says no, and can he please go back to his cage and his crappy sandwich? The next morning, some crash survivors who join the others ask Jack about Ana Lucia, which presses his berserk button. What doesn't? Alec breaks into Jack's cell to inform him the others are going to kill Juliet for the Ben thing and for the killing Danny thing. Jack wants to speak to the manager. He has Juliet's sentence commuted in exchange for Ben's treatment, but she'll still be marked. He tells Juliet he did it so that they can leave the island together. Isabel tries to find meaning in Jack's head too again. Girl, stop! Anyway, Jack, Juliet, and Ben row away to save Ben. Kate and Sawyer argue over whether to save Jack. They also argue over where to direct their boat. It's a lot of arguing. They make camp and Carl gives them relationship advice. He says the others kidnap kids to give them a better life. Sure! Later, Sawyer consoles Carl over him missing Alex. He lets Carl go. Kate disagrees over the letting him go thing and lashes out. Sawyer says she feels guilty because she slept with him, not because they left Jack behind. Alright, let's make these flashbacks quick. Jack hangs out in Thailand and bombs around until he meets a gorgeous woman with powers because isn't that just Jack all over? Anyway, after a few months of banging, Jack discovers her power is to be able to see who people are and then give them a tattoo of it. Jack is like, cool, sounds dope, give me one. But she explains that it's not right to use her gift on an outsider. Jack disregards her wishes and cultural traditions and makes her give him his stupid tattoo. Achara's brother is not impressed and beats the crap out of Jack for it. He can never come back to Thailand. Girl, bye! So Brittany has now just recapped the episode. Oh my god, I bet I did a great job. I bet you did. I bet I did. (laughs) And we split this episode into three uh, sections. Skate, Jack, and then the flashback. I was absolutely thrilled when I was going through this episode. This is the episode I would say that I rewatched the least for obvious reasons that we just talked about. But I didn't remember like hardly any of this. I remember like everything that happens in every episode. If you named any episode, I could tell you like one of the storylines in it. But this episode, like... 
I would name the flashbacks or I would name the Jack storyline. I didn't remember the skate stuff at all. And so I'm really excited to talk about it because like, it's almost like I had just watched it for like the second time. Ooh. Yeah. Wow. I love when something feels new. Uh, when I was doing my notes for it. Yeah. Cool. So I'm just going to summarize each scene and then we're going to talk about it basically. Okay. You can. Sawyer and Kate and an unconscious Carl are rowing back to the main island. Kate wants to go back for Jack, but Sawyer insists on continuing forward. So first of all, Sawyer is singing and this is kind of a through line because when he was like on the raft with Jin, Michael and Walt, he also sang, he sang Bob Mar- Marley. So um, it's really cute that Sawyer's like, Hey, I'm on a boat. Time to sing a song. <laughs> Oh, he's from uh and i might be wrong is the character canonically from like mississippi or is it louisiana it's been a minute for me uh i believe he's from tennessee oh never mind i was gonna say i associate I'm- singing on boats with mississippi <laughs> yeah. i think i if i remember correctly in outlaws one uh 116 frank duckett asks him where he's from in the flashbacks man they have a and- very generous and sexy interpretation of the tennessee accent Uh, (laughs) tell me more about that uh oh me oh yeah so i'm from like central tennessee nashville so my my voice is tends to be more neutral my mom's also from rockford illinois and she does not like our southern accent so unless Mm -hmm. i'm drunk or talking to family or really really excited you don't hear it but like tennessee if you're not in the neutral zone it's like the the can i pet that dog like that that's the tennessee (laughs) accent like it's not one of the sexy southern accents they gave him like a really like sultry texas accent and i don't know if the actor himself is from tennessee and he was just like i'm gonna have a sexy voice for hollywood but like (laughs) no one from tennessee talks nearly as nicely as sawyer so i went to sawyer's lostpedia page um and i remember he specifically does say tennessee to frank duckett and at that point he's trying to like bait him into talking about his mom so it makes sense that he would have like maybe grown up in tennessee um but on his lostpedia page it says he was born in alabama got oh and it looks like uh, i just had to go to josh holloway he's from georgia so that makes sense georgia's got like the nice drawly kind of smooth one a lot less inbreeding in georgia no offense you know what this is totally okay you know i'm totally okay with them like mixing southern states (laughs) but uh we'll talk a little bit later about mixing entire asian countries yeah yeah (laughs) like you can mix the states that's fine yeah they are pretty much interchangeable right but i think it's funny there's a parallel or a juxtaposition really here is that like michael really liked sawyer singing when he was singing because he also knew the song and so they were like kind of like singing together and kate's like shut up (laughs) dude no i'm kate quit it read the room i really think that she would think it's it was endearing any other time but she's so like stressed and pissed off about jack that um that she's just like yeah. Okay. What are what are your guys' thoughts on on Kate and Sawyer this episode? Who whose side are you on? I'm always on Kate's side. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like in the majority of scenarios in like the first half of the series, I am on Kate's side. Like mm-hmm. I'll find myself like they. I'm not a big like skate person anyway, sure. personally. So. I also feel like they don't have as much conflict kind of once that storyline kind of runs its course. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. So, but they also like, I don't care for the way they write Kate in like the final season. I feel like they're really unfair yeah. to her character. So even though I don't side with her as much as the show progresses, I'm like at, at my, at my core, I'm always on Evangeline Lily's side. And like right. Sawyer is just kind of, I love him, but he's always kind of like extremely self-centered and like a douche. 
And I think that shows here too. Yeah. Yeah. Weirdly enough, I'm totally on Sawyer's side this episode. Um, I think that like Sawyer says, like Jack said, don't come back for me. And we are just going to put ourselves in more danger if we go back for Jack right now. And, you know, all of the things that he's saying, I, I think that what she's saying is like all, she hasn't put a lot of thought into it and just like is trying to get them to go back to Jack. And I think that Sawyer's doing the survivor's move. Yeah. Um, and I have... I, and I understand, um, you know, why they're kind of at a at a conflict there. And especially like we're, we're going to talk about it pretty soon here. But like that last scene when he's talking about how she only slept with him because he she thought he was going to die oh. and how she just kind of like walks away from that. And you can kind of see in his face that like he really was hoping she was going to dispute him on that. Yep. Like she was he really was hoping she was going to say, no, no, I slept with you because I told you I loved you and I mean it. Like I love you or, you know, I, because I wanted to. Yeah. But she doesn't. And like. Yeah, I just, it sucks because like all throughout this this season so far, we've gotten such good skate content because I am a skater. <laughs> uh, skater. That sounds really stupid. Um, but She was a skater boy. But I am. And um, like this is kind of where it starts to peter out, you know, and it just sucks that it happened. It takes such an abrupt turn that like, you know, the shippers don't really get a, like a come down from them literally like being together two episodes ago or three episodes ago yep um and then it, it kind of just like peters out really quickly here well it's kind of like the writers saying psych you know they're like oh we didn't actually yeah. want to commit to this relationship so we have to like pull back on it mm -hmm. yeah i mean that's fair i feel like the writers were never really pro kate and sawyer from the beginning like yeah but it's like i don't know if this makes sense this is like this how i feel whenever i watch the scenes with kate and sawyer is like Carl desperately wants to go and, and find Alex and Sawyer has that whole like aside to him asking if he's in love and being like it's worth getting caught if it's for love and it's right. like well you then clearly understand where Kate is coming from like it feels like yeah, and you're still not really treating her with a whole lot of empathy which like I do get mm -hmm. she did hit it and quit it but like yeah. I, right. I don't know like I guess that's like the part that puts a bad taste in my mouth is if he was like universally kind of trying to look out for everybody's well-being and is like, hey, don't hang out with the crazy white people in the jungle. That's never ended well historically for anyone. But he just mm -hmm. kind of like is sort of about like what Sawyer wants, which is never my favorite light to see him in. Right. It must hurt so much to see her be such a such a Carl. He's be, she's being such a Carl, but <laughs> towards Jack. Oh my God. <laughs> and he's like, we literally just slept together, bro. And you're immediately like flipping back to your other part of the love triangle. And I understand why, you know, narratively they were like, we have to explore all of them. And, you know, we're starting with the love square here, especially with all of the Julia and Jack stuff in the other storyline um, where they're like, we just have to explore it all. We're just going to do it all. But it's like it kind of feels um, retconny. Like, I'm, I'm not yeah. going to lie. So he refuses to turn around the boat uh, because he asked them to leave. And if we get caught, Ben is just going to hurt us. And Carl's like, so true, King. <laughs> And I think I'm like, I can't tell if he's just sleep talking or if he's like actually like kind of here. He's like just a little bit coherent right now. But one of the things he says is God loves you as he loved Jacob. And that's one of the things that he saw in room 23. Like when we broke him out of room 23 a couple episodes ago, um, that was like one of the like phrases that was like playing on the wall where he was being um, brainwashed. So it makes sense that he would have said that aloud. Yeah. If he was like semi-coherent. And then Sawyer calls Kate kiddo, which what really reminds me of Christian because Christian always called Jack kiddo so I'm not really sure why that writing decision was made <laughs> I have like some thoughts on that but I also think it's one of the things that like I am giving one too much credit to the writers and it vaguely ties into my tattoo rage in a weird way mm. so like I don't want to mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't want to get on a tangent but no. that's like one that particular line is one of the things that always makes me go 
there's just so much you could have like mm, just uh, like without getting into the tattoo portion of it it's called stranger in a strange land like you said after the highland novel which is a book that i really like um and i've read a couple of times and like the there's a huge amount of symbolism in that book that could have applied to this episode because by this point you're already seeing like uh, the presence of the dead on the island and like it's not like really they don't do any hard like possession storylines but like it's something that people are always kind of wary of other folks if they haven't seen them in a while and Mm -hmm. they have like a huge idea behind like martian communion in that book about if you eat bodies of the dead like similar to like it's like a communion thing which like loss is obsessed with the bible but whatever you can absorb (laughs) intelligent life and like i just feel like that was an opportunity to do things like by being on the island and eating of the island you're allowing the island into you again i feel like Mm -hmm. i'm giving way too much credit um same with like there's a whole thing about sharing water and being bonded over sharing water which i feel like could have like been seated in this episode to like take place later with other jacob storylines i don't know it makes my armpit sweat because i'm just like you should have let me write it i know i was only like 16 (laughs) but like god but i could have pulled it off like i would have nailed it i could have i would have it would have been too much and you would have definitely been made by abc to make 500 more episodes yeah so in the next scene they make it closer to the island kate wants to keep sailing around until they find their camp but sawyer takes them to land to make a camp because it'll be dark soon so sawyer says that he's happy to be on like the original island and he's gonna go to shore and make camp and then find their friends tomorrow and kate wants to keep sailing around the island until they just find them and i'm kind of on on i think both of these decisions are are valid but uh, you know, and then Sawyer's like, well, I'm the one steering and I can't steer in the dark and we don't have any food or water. And Kate's like, well, I can, well, I can steer. And so I'm like, okay, so really like, yeah, I just, I'm on both sides here. I can't decide which one is better for that one. I think it depends on where your moral compass points. Yeah. I have a hard time. Like, I know that Kate is upset, but like, God, does she, do they ever uh, like write her like a angry toddler? Yeah. But that's how they always write Kate. In this moment, like she's just, yeah. That's the problem with Kate is like a lot of the time I don't think they had any idea who Kate was, mm. which is weird, but yeah. He also calls her Magellan. So Ferdinand Magellan is a Portuguese born maritime explorer. <laughs> Sawyer's like, hey, here's a nickname. It's a good one. And they also named like one of those external GPSs for your car after Magellan at one mm-hmm. point, well, that's which yeah. feels like more like a reference Sawyer would make, but I don't know. He's well read. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. What year was that? What year was that? Because he's got he's got a hard 2004 vocabulary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah hard cut off <laughs> yeah i'm like like we've talked about this before but like he you know i know that sawyer read harry potter and he like only finished order of the phoenix or something like that and like that's it and i'm like i hope i hope that he eventually you know i can't say because spoilers but i hope that he eventually gets off this island so he can read deathly hallows you know oh, yeah Whoever wrote that, I don't know who, but someone wrote that book. I hope that he starts his Twitter and bullies JK Rowling for being a transphobe. <laughs> oh, I've gotten banned from Twitter twice for bullying JK Rowling, and I feel like I'm going to get like a permaban eventually, but it's worth it. No, I'm so proud of you for that. <laughs> yeah, as Sawyer says, yeah, it's worth it. It's worth it for, for love, and, and the love is for the trans community who doesn't deserve that crap you're doing the right thing sometimes love is expressed through cyberbullying memes of wario that say shut up turf so you know (laughs) (laughs) good good (laughs) yeah 
Okay, so after having made their camp, Kate and Sawyer continue arguing. Carl wakes up and tells them to stop fighting. He reveals to them that the others live on the main island and that they seem to have better lives than them, which is where they take the people that they steal. And he also says that he and Alex like to look at the stars together. So you were a big uh, them apologist, hey? I saw you tweet about it earlier and I was like, that's true. Robin loves Alex and Carl the most. Yes. I do. I love Alex and Carl very, very much. I think that they, like, and and I loved Alex and Carl before I even rewatched this episode and was like, oh my god, there's even more Alex and Carl stuff in here that I don't didn't even remember. I just, I think they're very romantic. I think that, like, they're straight up just in love and they can't be together and they're just, like, kids. They're, like, high school sweethearts except they don't go to high school and um they just want to be together and they're, like, in love and I think that's so lovely. It's pretty wholesome. Like, of all the ships, they're probably the most wholesome. And I think neither of them are annoying characters either so like what's not to love i just love i like alex and carl a lot so true bestie (laughs) i have no strong alex or carl feelings i do like alex a lot but like carl was just like you know there i didn't actively resent him but i never really got into his character sure so yeah carl is still asleep kate refuses to eat and starts calling him james now so like man she's really mad carl wakes up and he says don't fight because you should be happy that you're alive and Sawyer's like you got a point there thanks <laughs> Sawyer's like thanks so, for your input Carl your name's Carl by <laughs> like we're good your name's Carl so they're like oh do you live on that island and he's like no we just work there sometimes work on what projects cool thanks for the detail but they live on this island just like a, um just like our survivors do they live on this island and they give the people that they took better lives Better than theirs because they live on the beach and have to find their own food and stuff. They're like, we just give them food. Haven't you seen jackets? Grilled cheeses. (laughs) Grill me a cheese. That island we were on, is that where your people live? Just where we work. Work on what? Projects. Oh, sure. Like the steal a kid off the raft project. That was a humdinger. So you don't actually live on that island? Nope. Do you live here? On this island? Yes, ma'am. And what did you do with the people that you took? The kids. We give them a better life. Better than what? Better than yours. And I think that that's definitely foreshadowing that we're going to see them later in the episode. We see Cindy and Emma and Zach, like the, the specific specific people that they took. Oh, yeah. Um, and he's so nonchalant about it, which I love, is that Carl's just like, yeah. And she's like, better than what? And he's like, better than yours. <laughs> Sucks to suck, man. It's so Yikes. succinct. Better than yours. Yeah. Yeah. He has like big, my mom buys me Lunchables energy and I don't like it. Maybe that's yeah. why I hated him because like I never got cool lunch. And that's right, probably right. My, part of my hatred of Carl. Or not hatred, but just like, man, f*** you. <laughs> my mom buys me Lunchables. Yeah, I remember when uh, I wanted Lunchables and my mom was like, those are not healthy. And so like, I would only get Lunchables once a week. Same. <sighs> it's just- But like, I was still cool that one day, you know? Yeah, it's white trash charcuterie. Like, come on. Yeah. It's not any worse than any other meat and cracker. Oh my God, that's the most important thing anyone's ever said about Lunchables. <laughs> I was like, maybe this cheese is plastic, but I don't know. Yeah. I'm having a great time eating it. I don't know for sure. It's like when we would have hot lunch day when I was at Catholic school and it would be like something mm-hmm. delicious like pizza. And my mom would be like, we have pizza at home. I'm like, but the pizza at home is healthy. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, but all my friends are eating pizza at school and I have this broccoli. Yeah. Um, so then Carl starts talking about how he and Alex used to look up at the stars at night and he knows where like a specific constellation is. It's a constellation that they made up called the teddy bear. <laughs> so Hello. That's very cute. Um, and it also reminds me of the other, like the teddy bear from season two that we see, like when um, Jin and Echo are hiding and we see like the teddy bear like dragging along. And then I think we see that same teddy bear later this episode. So that's another um, like tie into that storyline. I didn't even pick on that, on that, but that's a uh, wholesome as hell. That's what I'm here for. Yeah. <laughs> that's quite literally what you're here for. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Sawyer and Kate wake up the next morning and Carl is gone. He's not too far though. He's just crying. <laughs> Sawyer goes to talk to him and tells him to man up. Carl insists that he is tough and Sawyer talks about girls and he tells Carl that when you find a special one, you gotta go for it. Hmm. I like I straight up don't didn't remember this scene. I, w- I was so happy to watch it when I was doing my notes. I love finding something new and something you love because I hardly because I never rewatched this episode. So they wake up. Carl is gone. And I like that they still sleep beside each other, even though they're fighting. Like, I know it's probably for body heat, but like still. <laughs> it's so cute. And so he's just off crying and Kate's going to go talk to him. But Sawyer knows that it like has to be him, which I like. It's like man to man. <laughs> and I'm like, sure, it's 2007. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> it's 2004 whatever. for them so yeah exactly it's 2004 for them yeah we didn't end toxic masculinity till at least 2006 yeah and but you know what <laughs> if i think that i think that sawyer is a proponent a proponent of uh of toxic masculinity i think he supports toxic toxic <laughs> masculinity except for when he's crying yeah oh no one else is allowed to cry though yeah he's a master of like the manly not cry where you're always holding back tears like it's incredible honestly props to sawyer for that yeah (laughs) (laughs) so this is a great sawyer moment though it's a great um great scene and so he punches him and tells him not to man up sorry but to cowboy up Hey, you know what? It sure is a variant on that one, isn't it? Yep. It has some flavor. So he says Can't that he's tough up. and he calls him Bobby, but he doesn't know what the Brady Bunch is. <laughs> he's been on because he he's been on the island his whole memory, I assume. And so he just like is like, what? And Sawyer's like, I'm sorry, did you not get my reference? <laughs> Who are you? Who are you people? Sawyer calls other people nerds, but then makes like the nerdiest references. It's like, pick a struggle, dude. <laughs> I know and then when everyone oh my gosh it reminds me of in 304 when Sawyer's like you should watch you should read Of Mice and Men because you'd like it because puppies die and then Ben straight up quotes Of Mice and Men and Sawyer's like huh right and now you look dumb <laughs> these writers were just like um yeah there's no consistency here don't worry about it though so I did some research on Bobby um he's the youngest Brady son he's clever and often overlooked and Bobby was often portrayed as a whimsical dreamer fantasizing about having various adventurous lifestyles such as being a race car driver a cowboy and an astronaut that's totally Carl yeah honestly he pegged him like he absolutely yep. got his ass with that reference yeah. <laughs> gotcha you know, and then he didn't get it and so he was like Aw, that was a good one. <laughs> I gotta get up off this island. No one gets my sick zingers. Exactly. <laughs> so he's like, well, okay. Um, and so he's like, listen, I've been with a lot of girls. Some of them are worth it and some of them aren't worth it. And I'm like, tell me about- They're them. all worth it, bitch. Yeah, I'm like, how dare you? <laughs> God. Tell me, tell me about the ones that aren't worth it and I'll tell you why they are. How about that? And so he's like, occasionally there is a special one. And I'm like, I know that you're literally thinking of Kate, even though she's being- um, mean to you and uh, he's like and it's one you name stars with um, so so he's meaning like one that you can like be really soft and nice with like you know have you guys seen those TikToks where girlfriends like catch their boyfriends doing like baby voice and then they like see the camera and they're like <coughs> what madam you know I'm not on straight TikTok I have not seen these I'm TikToks sorry. either I like use TikTok exclusively to follow like gays over 80 and like 
Sure. Uh, Hold up. What? Oh, yeah. There's like a lot of geriatric queer people on TikTok <gasps> and it's extremely wholesome. Oh, my God. I need to get on that TikTok. It's like, oh, gosh, what's his name? It's like Rainbow Rebel or something like that. But he's always like, hello and good morning, all my beautiful TikTokers. And then he like sings a hymn <laughs> in his pickup truck on his way to like gay hillbilly church. That's my favorite part of TikTok. And any goat TikToks. <laughs> so gay over 80 and goat TikTok. Yeah, that's like my I specific wanted, niche. I also wanted to um, clarify that I am not on straight TikTok. <laughs> I'm on prank your boyfriend TikTok. That's Got better. It. That's better. That's better. Thank you. I don't want anyone to think that I'm on straight TikTok. I don't even want to think Please. what the kind of things they post on straight TikTok. Yeah, no. Thanks. My For You page <laughs> broke today and I saw straight TikTok and I never want to see it again. Oh, God. Yeah. It was horrible and they're not funny. I am simply on Broadway TikTok. Oh, theater. That theater kid TikTok is a brave place to be. That's the gayest TikTok you can get. Yes. Oh, and I know it. (laughs) I know it. Robin says, as a a theater kid veteran. Oh, yes. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Hey, listen, I love theater kids. I'm basically the, I would say married to one, but more or less the Splenda daddy to one. So yeah. (laughs) Nice, nice, nice. So Carl says that he loves Alex more than anything. And so Sawyer tells him to go get her back. And he's like, but if I go back uh, and they catch me, I'm going to straight up die. And Sawyer's like, well, at least it'll be worth it. And I'm like, I'm sorry. He just said he was going to die. Anyway, look, Carl. I've been with a lot of girls. Some of them worth the trouble. Some not. Every now and again, there's one. One you name dumb stars with. So this girl. Sally Slingshot. Alex. Yeah. You love her? More than anything. Then go back to wherever the hell your yards are and get her back. If I get caught, they'll kill me this time. still be worth it like uh, this is very nice Sawyer and it's very cute but like he is going to die and so I don't I don't know if this is the best advice I mean has Sawyer ever been known to give really solid advice Mm, I can't think of one off the top of my head no so Sawyer comes back and tells Kate that he let Carl go because he's a target basically um Kate's really mad that Sawyer keeps making decisions for her Sawyer thinks she feels gross because she slept with him when she thought he was going to die but now he's not dead and she doesn't tell him he's wrong which is the part that hurts. And I wonder I wonder if if he is wrong, but she's mad at him, so she's not going to say it. I, I don't, don't know. I don't think he's wrong. I think that the way that Kate processes emotions, she probably immediately felt regret or shame for that. Because in a lot of ways, like, if something had happened to Sawyer, Kate wouldn't have to face the fact that she did it, you know? Right. And Kate's a runner. Right. You know what that reminds me of? I mean, Sawyer didn't sleep with Anna Lucia because he thought that she was going to die, but he did sleep with Anna Lucia like right before she did die. So she died with that secret and he chose to to tell somebody like he told Jack because he was the closest thing he has to a friend Um, is what he said. That is so um, and so sad. But that's just interesting that like maybe Kate was planning on like not letting anybody know about that and Sawyer wouldn't know or like Sawyer wouldn't be able to tell anybody because he's 
dead. Agreed. So Sawyer let Carl go and Kate's like, well, we could have used him to get to their house. And Sawyer's like, oh, I'm sorry. You know, I did let him go just be just to be nice. I totally did that just to be nice. Sure, 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 sure. No, he's a target and he could be the reason that we get killed because Ben's trying to kill him. So why would we hang out with him, basically? I think with Sawyer, two things can be true. Yeah. Kate feels like she's being keeps being told what to do. And Sawyer feels like she's just taking everything out on him because she feels bad about leaving Jack. Um, and then, you know, the whole thing about that's a, that's correct sleeping with him and we already talked about this yeah and she walks away and we like see his face and you can tell that he was kind of really hoping that she'd dispute him on that but we kind of already talked about that i think yeah um and then lastly in this storyline sawyer and kate make their way back to camp and then carl elsewhere looks up at the stars and we see alex looking at the same ones and you know it's like somewhere out there plays in the distance you see the moon and you're like who else is looking at this same moon across the world whatever oh it's very i i they they're literally star-crossed lovers it's cute. It's cute. I'm, I'm going to admit that it's cute. Thank you. You're it's welcome. very cute, but for like, and I hate this just because I am poisoned, I guess, by everything I consume, but I can no longer like enjoy romantic look like stargazing or moon gazing posts because of that stupid ass Parks and Rec episode where Andy was like, we'll be looking at the moon, but not the same moon, obviously. That would be ridiculous. Yeah. And also I can hear <laughs> Carl saying that just given like his general lack of education. <laughs> yeah. Wait, Andy and Carl being the same person is really funny. <laughs> Where are the other teachers? Like the others' teachers? Nowhere. <laughs> Who's to say? Alex and Carl, the only teenagers, are just dumb. Oh. They must have had some kind of school. Yeah, some kind of school. I don't know. And now Zach and Emma are there. I'm like, who's hanging out with them? We got someone who knows stuff. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Who's to say? Mm-hmm. But that's the skate storyline. Um, are you guys good to move on to the Jack storyline? I am, yeah. Yeah. Cool. So Jack gets woken up in his cell by Friendly, who says that Jack is being moved. Jack thinks he's getting killed, but he really is just getting moved because Juliet is getting put into his cell. So Jack sleeps sitting in the corner, and I'm like, girl, at least lie down. Yeah. There's like a, I mean, it's a cold bed, but wouldn't it be more comfortable to sleep on that than sitting in the corner? Excuse me, Jack has daddy issues. He has to make everything difficult. Your butt would go so numb. Oh, true. He's a little bit masochistic, and I think that's true. He's addicted to suffering. That's very fair. Watching him gave me back pain, and I was like, I already have back pain. I don't need this. Yeah, Yeah, I don't need extra. (laughs) So Friendly comes. He says he's being moved, and Jack straight up thinks he's being murdered because they don't need him anymore. He did his uh, surgery, so they don't need him. Even though they they said that he would be let off the island, Jack, I don't know if he actually genuinely thought that they were going to let him off the island but he got what he wanted he got Sawyer and Kate let go mm-hmm. so he's like all right well whatever happens to me happens guess I'll die and literally and so he's like oh guess they're gonna kill us now I mean we are pretty big assholes but um <laughs> oh I heard a John Mulaney reference in a while <laughs> and um Tom's like what you think we're bad people and Jack's like mm, let me make a list here's all the shit he thinks you've done kind of <laughs> It reminded me of like the season two finale when Ben was like, we're the good guys, Michael. Where? It's like, oh, okay. Well, now I feel better. Thanks. Well, you know, if you have to say you're the good guys, you're not the good guys. Yeah, ever. You know? Literally. Yeah. It's like when you say you're cool and you're like, well, are you sure? Right? Like, let someone else say it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. If you're going to kill me, please at least show me the respect of not calling it moving. Now, why would we kill you? Because you're done with me. What kind of people do you think we are, Jack? Oh, I don't know, Tom. What kind of people that would take a pregnant woman, would hang Charlie from a tree, would drag our people out of the jungle, would kidnap children. That's the kind of people I think you are. 
So he basically names all the bad things that the others have done. And Tom's like, well, that wasn't me specifically. And I'm like, Tom, you're part of a corrupt institution. (laughs) You can't, you still have to take, uh, take responsibility for what happened. That wasn't me specifically. Okay. And (laughs) yeah. So, um, there's a little blooper here on Lostpedia that said basically right after he says the lines, how about I get you some stones? The sound of a door opening is heard and two others walk in to take Jack away. However, the door they entered through was already open. So they shouldn't have had a door opening sound. Oh, Foley fumble. When the Foley people did more work than they needed to. Yeah. Thanks for your work. Putting in the work. All for it to go to waste. (laughs) Okay, so can I ask you guys, what the heck does Tom's line mean? Like, hey, look at all this glass. How about I get you some stones? I'm like, okay, stones are heavier and stronger than glass. So doesn't that mean I wouldn't be able to get out? I just like, I don't really get this line. Does anyone understand that line? Yeah, I'm going to say no, I definitely do not. Yeah. Like it's a, it's a cool line when he says it. He's like, how about I get you some stones? And you're like, all right, cool. And then it's like, but wait, what does that does mean? Does it just mean oh, like that. balls? Break glass. I don't know. Like, I think he just means that, like, you're going to, like, a actual cage with, like, stones and plants and metal. But I don't really understand the line of, how about I get you some stones? Uh, like, like as if it's, like, a good thing for Jack to be out there instead. Do you think that just means he can break, like, glass with it? That's what my kind of guess was, was that the glass can be broken by stones. But I'm like, but he's still in a cage. You yeah. know what? He was actually just talking about the Rolling Stones. It's fine. Oh, okay. That yeah, Tom was like, yeah, you okay. want some tunes for your prison? Yeah. yeah, I'll get you some stones. Don't worry about it. If I was Jack, I'd be like, yes, please. Yes, God. <laughs> so they have to handcuff him to move him and they bring in Juliet. I bet Jack's cell smells terrible yeah like i always say i bet everything smells bad on this show but like we don't we still don't know where jack went to the bathroom like how bad does that cell smell (gasps) i would be embarrassed every time someone came in i bet you he had to ask to go to the bathroom but what if it's in the middle of the night pee in the corner pee in the corner pee in the corner so basically i think juliet needs to be isolated that's why she needs to be part she needs to be in jack's cell instead of the actual cage because she has too many allies i think in in this sort of like space and everyone knows her Mm-hmm. So, like, it's just important to keep her isolated. It'd be way easier to break her out if any of them wanted to go against yeah. Ben, which says a lot about Ben's own confidence in his leadership. Which Alex kind of mostly does anyway as well. Like, later when she... She basically... She does break Jack out. Exactly. And so, also, Isabel is here. And Isabel never shows up again. Isabel's only in this episode. She's... Which kind of made me think, like... When Damon said a bad casting decision was made, I thought the only two options were either Isabel or um, Achara. I don't think it's Achara. That was a good casting decision. Yeah. You think? I think so. Yeah, like the writing for the flashback is horrible, but she's a good actress. Yeah, exactly. Right. She, like, she carries a lot yeah. of it. Well, the girl who plays Isabel, I like looked her up and she seems like a pretty prolific actor. And so I'm like, I have no idea what he meant by a bad casting decision because those are the only two characters really that like show up and then leave, you know? Mm-hmm. So I'm not really sure what what he meant by a bad casting decision, but I want to know the tea. Like I want to know the drama. I just don't know where to find it. <laughs> that might be one of those ones that you never get access to. Yeah, then that's okay. I'll live with it. All right. It's about Stranger in a Strange Land. Uh, I, I'm going to be good. Yeah, I support you not knowing this. Yeah. And then we see Juliet holding her wrists. And that's like, I think a parallel to Kate because in the pilot when she was first walking out she ha- was holding her wrists and you know it was a clue because she was the criminal and we didn't know yet but um yeah i just think that it's a uh, parallel to kate okay. so jack gets put in sawyer's old cage and tom says that juliet is in trouble for killing someone and basically just tells him to behave which he's totally gonna 
to do. Oh, yeah, totally. Jack's like, not a problem. Model student right here. It's actually what he specializes in. Yeah. So Jack is in Sawyer's cage now, and Tom comes and give him, gives him a sandwich, to which he complains because Juliet used to grill his sandwiches for him. What a diva. And I'm like, she specifically said earlier that she only put the toothpicks in. So I don't <laughs> think she's the one who grilled it. I, I, I didn't even think about that. I didn't do that either. <laughs> Oops. Later, he's, like, flirting with Juliet, and he's like, oh, I missed the toothpicks, too, right? So it's like, oh, a cute little inside joke. And I'm like, okay, but Juliet wasn't the one to grill them. I just wanted to say that. Who yeah. made, who makes the sandwiches? Like, did Tom make this sandwich? I don't know. Okay, but, like, I love the idea of Friendly having to, like, go and grill him a sandwich every single day. Yeah. yeah. Just, like, standing there. And he's like, Ugh. grilling Grilling a cheese, just muttering to himself. I bet what he tries to do is put the two pieces of bread in a toaster and then just put those on top. And Jack's going to be like, I know what you did. <laughs> This I'm looking at this sandwich and I can tell that this was not grilled. This was not thoughtful. Have you ever tried doing that? You ever tried doing what? Like turning the toaster sideways and doing a grilled cheese like that? Oh, that's <laughs> no, but like, you know, you you uh put down the toaster normally and then you just put the toast down. Yeah. And put all your stuff in, and then you put your toast, the other piece of toast on top. Like, you're not actually putting it in the toaster, I mean. Oh, well, then never mind. Because I feel like that would go terribly. I make depression cheeses, which is, like, where you toast the bread, and then you microwave the toasted bread with cheese on top, and then you eat it in the dark. Has to be in the dark, though, or else it's a regular thing. Yeah, no, you can't. If you look at it, then you know what you did, so. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, sounds kind of good. <laughs> I think it's funny how, like, Friendly all throughout this whole season has been, like, Kate's keeper, you know? Like, he's always been like, hey, Kate, if you need anything, let me know. And now they're like, hey, Tom, take care of Jack, okay? And he just has to listen to Jack. You know what? It's what he deserves. So he asks about Isabel, and they call her the sheriff. Um, Juliet is in trouble for killing Danny. And I just wanted to say that Maria was right, because Maria was our guest on the Not in Portland episode. And we were talking about what Juliet gets in trouble for in this episode in this episode and she thought it was for killing Danny and I thought that it was for asking Jack to kill Ben and I think that it ends up kind of being both but I thought that since Ben told her to get Skate out of there that it was okay that she killed Danny but I guess not I feel like like it's like I feel like Ben kind of just left her out to dry there as he was just like oh man Juliet why'd you do that I mean it's very Ben to do exactly that yeah and so Tom tells Jack to stay in the cage and now Jack knows that there's a way out basically is he's like, why wouldn't I be able to stay in the cage? Well, you think I can't, I can you think I can get out of this cage? Interesting. Mm-hmm. What Interesting. a, what a compelling argument. And he's like, plus you're watching me. So it would be no use. And basically Jack just has to sit in the cage that he watched skate boink in. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Ooh. Oh, yeah. That's such a great, it's a great form of punishment. He like looks at that corner and is like, Ugh. he's like, that made me feel sad feelings a while ago. So Tom is really confused as to why Jack helped Sawyer and Kate um, because they're not even coming back for him. And Jack's like, thanks for the sandwich. Bye-bye now. I'm done speaking with you. Um, so is Friendly confused about their friendship and how he and how he cares about them to save them? I'm like, you don't know all their drama. No, he definitely doesn't. Why do you, what? <laughs> Friendly seems to think he's really in the know and he's just straight up isn't. <laughs> I love Tom Friendly so much. He's such a himbo. He's such a gossip. Yeah. yeah. He has like this, vi- like a vibe as if he's writing fan fiction about the lost ways at any given moment. <laughs> yeah. Because he does yes. always have this like presumptive nature when he talks about their relationships. But then it's always like, dude, have you been here for the past five episodes? Like, what are you talking yeah. about? And that's what I love is that I think I've mentioned this before on the podcast before, but I just think it's so fun how Friendly was this huge like scary person 
for like basically all of season two since the end of season one when he took Walt that he's like been the face of the other. So he's been really, really scary. And now as soon as we get like a window to what the others actually are, it turns out Tom is the most incompetent member of the, of the others. And I just love that. Yeah, it turns out he's just like, a, he's a clown at most. Yeah. And I think that part of that comes from N.C. Ganey, right? Because a lot of people, yeah. they like modeled the character after the actor. Sometimes you get an M.C. Ganey. Sometimes you get a Michael Emerson. Yeah. So Jack looks around his cage. Juliet approaches. She just checked out Ben and his stitches are infected. Jack refuses to help Ben even when Juliet asks it as a personal favor to her. So Jack presses the electrocution button, but he only does it twice. So he doesn't get electrocuted um, because he's a smart guy. He's like, warning. Okay, I will take that to heart. <laughs> And so you're just like, warning, I'm going to press it some more. <laughs> <laughs> two, two very different men. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And like, it's like one of these people has ADHD and one does not. And it's Sawyer. Yeah. Is the, like, 100%. What is that? Literally. Like that experiment where they locked people in a room and it was like, if you touch this button, you get a mild electric shock. And there were so many right. people that would rather be shocked than be bored. Right. Yep. right. Lost was ahead of its time. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I am one of those people. Yes. Oh, 100%. I literally be like, how long am I in here for? I'm just like, and how much time can I wait? I crave stimulation. I I could get a little thrill. Yeah. (laughs) You guys are just going to be like slamming your fingers in the doorways. Like, like, oh, I need to feel alive. (laughs) And then you just didn't notice that it's straight. The door is unlocked. (laughs) Oh my God. Because you got to do that. No, that would happen to me 100%. And you're like, I don't know. I'm supposed to be in this room. So Juliet got let out to examine Ben and basically to come and talk to Jack because everyone knows that she has pull with him. Someone is supervising her in the back. You can kind of see somebody watching. And I was like, oh, well, if Juliet's going to go out and examine him, why wouldn't they just have Jack do it? And it's because Jack doesn't want to. Jack's like, but I'm busy. He's like, I don't want to do this. I'm busy sleeping. I've curled in a corner and then peeing in a different corner. (laughs) (laughs) I've peed in every other corner. This is my only peeing corner. This is my sleeping corner. (laughs) (laughs) so she gives him a picture of ben's stitches they're very obviously infected um and i'm like okay i don't see this really being jack's fault because he's the one who did stitch him up i assume it was probably because of like it not being able to be kept sterile or something yeah that's kind of their fault yeah and so he refuses to go look at them and he's like i'm not asking for them i'm asking for me and jack's like you asked me to kill him why do you want to help him you contacted me Yeah, you contacted me. And she is like, I'm no longer interested. (laughs) Uh, You stop contacting me now. I will contact Attorney General if you do not stop. But she's in trouble for killing Danny. And basically, if like they can't kill Juliet, though. No. Because Isabel later is like, oh, man, we can't execute her. And I'm like, if Juliet's gone, there aren't any doctors left. Like, you're out of doctors. I was literally about to say, like, how are you going to kill, like, your one other doctor that you haven't kidnapped? Yeah, like, Jack isn't going to be here forever. Like, you, all you have is Juliet. And then, like, Ivan has also been in the, like, Ivan's the guy who's in there who's trying to help been later in the episode and he's been in the background of all of the like surgery scenes basically but i get the idea that ivan isn't necessarily like a very skilled doctor i think that he has like enough knowledge to like be in the room and maybe be helpful but like definitely not to like really do what jack and juliet can do and juliet isn't even a like really a surgeon she's not a surgeon you know like that's not her specialty she's an ob isn't she or she's a fertility specialist oh yeah 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 yeah. Yeah, i think that she can do some things um evidenced by some stuff that happens later 
later that she, you know, there's things that she did in med school that she's able to do, but it's not um, like the specialty that she has like Jack does for this okay. specific thing. Okay. So, oh, my next question, how would anyone know that she killed Danny? Because everyone who knew that she killed Danny either left, so Carl, uh, Kate, and Sawyer, or is Alex. So I guess they just like put it together because Alex wasn't going to say that she did it. I mean, probably. Although I think that Alex might be treated more leniently if she had said it was her. But I doubt that Juliet would have allowed her to do that. Exactly. This feels like a missed opportunity to have been kind of stabbed Juliet in the back, which would be in character. Like it's, again, one of the many places where I was like, you're dropping the ball, Lindelof. Like, come on. Yeah. Together. Because otherwise it just doesn't make sense why, yeah, why anyone knows. Like, I guess they could put it together, but historically they've not been that great at like putting two and two together, anyone in the show. So. Right. Ben is actually like asking Jack to stab him in the back. I mean, Ben likes to tempt fate like that. Because surgery. <laughs> hey. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Um, I'm here every episode of this podcast. Thank you. Absolutely incredible. Thanks so much. But I guess like, I think it would be interesting if Alex had been like, oh, it's me. And then like Ben would have been like, okay, well, you can't execute my daughter. She's also a minor. And I just, I think it might've gone like better if Alex had said it was her. But like I said, I don't think that Juliet would have like allowed for her to take that blame when it was, was Juliet who killed him. Yep. And she doesn't want to tell Jack who she killed. She says it's complicated. And I'm like, why? Or why is it complicated? He was trying to kill your friends and your friends had to be let go. I don't really understand why it's complicated. Um, But Jack basically just refuses to help anyone. He doesn't want to help anyone. So um, Jack gets visited by Isabel next. She asks about Jack's tattoo and asks him to answer questions for the investigation that she's doing on Juliet. So that's why she's the sheriff is because she's basically kind of law enforcement in the way that she like kind of does those um, interrogations and then also is sort of the judge, I think, as well. So Jack's just like fully zoned out and like he's in the middle of his flashbacks. It's funny because sometimes you can tell that like the characters are actually thinking about the actual flashback that we're being shown and then other times it's just like a flashback that you get because it's important information you know it's story related but i'm also like jack why are you thinking of this like why because he's jack and he's friggin' weird <laughs> like i understand once, jack is a deeply weird dude once isabel comes and like starts asking about his tattoos then i understand him thinking about how he got those tattoos but before now i don't really understand why we're thinking about this particular vacation <laughs> He's like, yeah, this was a really formative vacation for me. I got kicked out of a country and had the crap beaten out of me. Yeah. And I deserved it. Yeah, he definitely deserved it. Yeah. So she speaks in Chinese and is basically um, translating his tattoos. And I'm like, are they not in Thai? I guess not. Because he's in Thailand? Well, I was, I don't know if this is the time to bring it up, but they, his, like, Matthew Fox's tattoo itself is actually in Chinese. So it's like, they forgot to set it in China, but knew it was in Chinese and, like, God, right. uh, what the meaning they assign to it is like close enough in sentiment to the actual tattoo that it's like, why right. Thailand? Well, yeah, I don't know if like if they had had like complete freedom, if they would have been able to choose China that they would have. But in like, I think season two or something, Jack told Sawyer that he had been to Thailand. So I don't know if they were like, oh, Jack once said he'd been to Thailand, so let's set it in Thailand. And if he hadn't said that, would they have set it in China? I don't know. I think, honestly, given the way the rest of this episode goes, it's a uh, plain old racism uh, and less being tied to a story thing. Yeah. And I like not to go full commie, but like it would not be surprised if it was like some red scare type of shit where they were like, yeah, no, we're not doing China. Not now. Right. Like we've been like, as soon as we stopped doing Russia, ooh, it's scary. Now it's China. Ooh, it's scary. So 
Exactly. I'm going to keep being paranoid about American television. So she thinks that what the tattoo says is ironic and thinks that he doesn't know what his own tattoo says. And <laughs> like, I think that's a fair assumption. Yeah. Later, it is revealed that he like does, I guess, unless he's completely talking out of his ass when he's like, oh, yeah, that, yeah, I know that that's what it says. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Sure. <laughs> I'm like, bro, what if it said this dude is a big doofus and you've been like parading it around and any Chinese person who sees it is like, whoa. <laughs> his tattoo yeah, actually I- says, please beat my ass. And that's why he got the shit <laughs> kick out of him. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I am praying that, you know what? Headcanon accepted. Done. <laughs> Headcanon, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Isabel's lying. Jack is lying. It actually says, please, please beat me. Up. Yeah, it's literally, it's literally a permanent kick. Yeah. Yes! yeah. So she does not think that he knows what it says, but he like insists that he does. Um, and so he has to come with her to get interrogated. And he's like, sure, whatever. Once inside the interrogation room with Juliet and Tom, Isabel confirms that Jack was asked by Juliet to kill Ben, but Jack decides to lie to protect Juliet. And Isabel can tell, but Jack like is done talking. He's like, oh, may I speak with uh, my lawyer, please? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to need representation at this time. I'm a doctor. I can afford it. Do you have a lawyer? I know you're the sheriff, but where's the lawyer? I'd like to speak with <laughs> Oh my God. So Alex gets taken out of the room that he's going to. And it makes sense that she would also be inter- being be being interrogated because she was the only other one there. She's the only other person who like witnessed it. So she's like, go check on your father and calls her sweetheart. And I'd be like, don't patronize me. I'm, I know I'm only 16, but I'm very capable. And you've seen that. She is okay. though, like unlike most teenagers in TV shows, she is like crazy capable. Right. Like when I'm growing up and I'm watching The Little Mermaid and she's like, I'm only 16, but I love him, daddy. And you're like, shut up. Yeah, that's right. And then you wake up and you're like, please, please shut up. Yeah. No, you're a child, please. Please. But Alex actually is very capable. I feel. Yes. Okay. Isabel's hair is terrible. <laughs> I, you're right. And you should say it. It's very bad. Yeah. Like what kind of like craft scissors did you use on those? <laughs> Yikes. Drag her. So Jack is putting together that Alex is Ben's like daughter in quotation marks and they kind of talk about it later. But Juliet and Tom are there and Isabel says, listen, we don't live here and we don't really like being here. And I was wondering, I don't know where they sleep while they are on this island. Like, I don't think they go back and forth every night. Like, I think that they are here. I just don't know where they sleep. I think that ultimately the Dharma initiative, like the people who did work at the Hydra station must have had like quarters. So it makes sense that they would be there, but I, we just haven't seen them basically. I don't think we ever will. Oh no, we don't. Um, so Juliet gets handcuffed again, uh, or she's, she's handcuffed in the room. And I noticed that her hair is already curlier. So when we were talking in our Not in Portland episode, we were talking about how like, it seems like the curlier that Juliet's hair is, it seems like the more like farther away she is from the others. And I just noticed that her hair is already curlier. Ooh, that's an interesting observation. I like that. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, that was our first flashback episode with Juliet and her hair is like so curly that I'm like, where did that go? Like, you'd think that uh, it looked natural. And so like, you'd think that being on an island with like major humidity would like bring that out. So it makes me think that she straightens her hair. I think she does. That's like to, she sort of like suppresses herself down in order to like meet a certain standard for Ben. Yeah, basically. So Tom tells the truth and says that what says what Jack said and um, Jack is like not answering and says that he was lying to save Sawyer and Kate and to turn them against each other. Great excuse. Sure. Great explanation. But Isabel knows that he's lying for her, but she can't prove it because he's like, I'm gonna go. That's the choice that I made. Gotta go. Please have a seat, Jack. 
As you may have gathered, we don't live on this little island. In fact, most of us don't really even like coming here. There's been an incident that I'm investigating, and I need to ask you some questions. So, I was hoping you may help me clear up a few of the inconsistencies. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, Tom, but you said in the midst of a surgical procedure, Jack made several comments indicating that Juliet had asked him to kill Ben. Yeah, that's right. Is that true, Jack? Did Juliet ask you to kill Ben? The question's simple. Did Juliet ask you to kill Ben? No. No, I was lying. I would have done anything to get my friends out. And turning you people against each other was my best chance of creating chaos. Jack is awoken by a bunch of people around the cage, including Cindy and the kids from the tail section. Jack asks what's up, but Cindy just says that they're all here to watch. Emma asks about Ana Lucia and Jack yells at everyone. <laughs> so the scene right before this is like the weird sex scene between Jack and, a and Achara. Yeah. And he wakes up and I'm like, are you dreaming about Achara or is this just a transition? Exactly. Either way, I don't like it. I want to say that like that scene, like the sex scene is like probably my least favorite seen in like the entire show it's so uncomfortable it's i think one of the more it's like one of if not the most explicit sort of like scene that we get like that yeah. in the whole show and yeah like one of uh, i wrote this down um one of jack's quotes in that scene is mm, salty no 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 yep. no yes oh. you know what and he's talking and he's talking about like her mouth because she was just in the ocean but I don't like it. No, I'm still upset. Yeah. Yeah, I don't like it. it. So anyway, I can't stand that scene and I don't like that he's dreaming about it if he is. Oh, God. I like, I'm not the biggest fan of uh, sex scenes in TV shows sometimes just because like right. I have like weird visual things that will gross me out or throw me off and I'm just like, yeah. oh God, again with this. But like, especially yeah. like this era, like the, the early to middle 2000s sex scenes are just very rarely good. And the mm, salty is just like peak <laughs> of this era of sex scenes on television. Yeah. Oh, yeah. God. Yeah. I have like, uh, I'm ace and then I also have sex repulsion issues and it's like mostly about me. So like, um, I, I, I'm like, okay to watch sex scenes on TV if I have to, but I prefer not to. And I usually skip through them, but yeah. So I'm like, uh, is this necessary? That's why I love Lost is because there's like maybe two of them in the entire show. We've been covering season five of Riverdale recently and it's just like I was just gonna I was just gonna bring that up <laughs> it's just get, it's getting so explicit and I'm like it's getting spicy uh why 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 please uh, yeah but at least like at least Riverdale's flavor of spicy isn't like on as uncomfortable as this one was you know right exactly yeah it's like at least it looks like everyone's having a good time yeah. can't say the same thing about these two yeah it is a very aggressive. Yeah, exactly. Please stop making these actors do this during COVID. It just doesn't feel safe. Thank you. Goodbye. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. So why is he dreaming about Atra and why would he be remembering her right now? I think it's because Isabel brought up her his tattoo, I guess. And I think I was like, maybe it's because she's the last person he had a connection with before Kate. Maybe because he went to Thailand right after his divorce from Sarah. Oh, that would make sense. And 
he divorced Sarah because, well, because Sarah was seeing somebody else, but also because he kissed that one girl in the hunting party flashback. Yeah. And so, like, I'm like, if I look at all the girls that Jack has historically had things with in uh, his flashbacks, I think Achira's the the last one before he gets to the island. So true, bestie. So people are, like, watching him. We get Cindy, the flight attendant, which is so fun to see her because, you know, we wonder where they are taken and now we know. That they like are okay and not like dead. Jack's like, hey, weren't you taken? And Cindy says, they're not, it's not that simple. So it's like, okay, but you were definitely taken though. Like, even if you don't feel taken now because you guys are like friends and stuff, I would still be like, you were still kidnapped. Yeah, I definitely was stolen yeah, away though. You were definitely still kidnapped. Yeah. It's like how Juliet was definitely basically kidnapped. Yes, exactly right. Because she was, she gave permission to go somewhere, but not, not there. She was not taken to the place that she was brought. And she's not allowed to leave. Right. So they say that they're here to watch. And I'm like, first of all, Jack probably takes that as, you're here to look at me? I'm just a baby. I'm I, I'm just, I'm, I'm prone in this cage. Please don't look at me. Wait, Which I think is partially why he's so angry. <laughs> he said, he's like, I am not an animal in a zoo, but if I was, I'd be a tiger. <laughs> and I know that's true. That's what his tattoo says. Yeah. And that's why it beats the shit out of him because they're like, this guy. This tattoo sucks. This guy is lame, bro. This guy is lame. <laughs> oh, God. So like when they say they're here to watch, I think they mean like Juliet's trial. I hope it's their, I hope it's her trial and not her execution. Because it seems like they were pretty set on giving her that execution until Ben said no. Oh yeah. Emma comes up. I'm like, you're bringing these children to watch her get murdered? Okay. So Emma wants to know how Ana Lucia is. And it really seems like other than like Ben, other than other than Ben, full stop, like a lot of the others are kind of kept in the dark. You know, it's like Ben and maybe Juliet and a couple other ones like actually know what's going on with them. And everybody else seems to be really in the dark. Yep. So Zach and Emma get really scared because Jack starts screaming at them. Um, and bro, like I get why you're angry, but these are just little kids who didn't do anything. I would feel bad. Uh, yeah, I would also feel bad. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, and then we get a shot of the teddy bear, which we kind of talked about earlier in the episode. Alex comes to see Jack and breaks the security cameras. She asks Jack why he saved Ben after everything he's done. Jack asks about Juliet and what's going to happen to her. And Jack thinks that he can get Ben to save Juliet. I mean, it's just a fascinating question to ask someone about your own quote unquote father. Right, exactly. Yeah. yeah, it's interesting that like she, I guess, spent her entire life with him. She can't think of like a reason as to why you would help him. Yep. Like that's how like bad of a experience she had, I guess. It's like Alex didn't even know her real dad, but she still has daddy issues. Like that's what this show has come to. Um, so Jack gets a cup to drink his water from. Sure. No fair. Sawyer had to just put his mouth on that, on that pipe. <laughs> <laughs> and Jack gets a cup. Man, living the good life. Jeez. <laughs> that's really funny. <laughs> You know what? That makes sense for Sawyer, though. They're yeah. like, suffer. So Alex comes to talk and she like breaks the camera because she has great aim. <laughs> and she's like, listen, you can tell me the truth. And he totally believes it. Like he straight up trusts her already. Yep. Um, and I don't think he's like seen a lot of, of her. Like I think most of like the stuff with Alex and Carl has happened with Sawyer and Kate and Jack has mostly been isolated. And so I like the idea that he kind of just like believes her because of like her vibe and um, like the face that she was giving when she like was leaving the interrogation room or something. Um, I like that he just immediately trusts her without having spent that much time with her. Same. So she's like, why would you save Ben's life? And he's like, I'll answer your question, but you have to answer mine first. And Alex is like, oh God, what's it going to be? I hope it's not too hard. And then he's like, where's Juliet? And she's like, oh, I got this one. 
Nice. <laughs> I have the answer to that one. She's like, oh, that one's easy. Sweet. Nailed it. Now I get hit. Now I get an answer. So she's like, oh, she's with everyone else. They're reading her, her like verdict and everything because they're really, really serious about killing each other. So she's going to be in big trouble. I love that the others don't consider that if they kill each other, they thin their ranks out and make it harder to keep other people hostage. But all right. Exactly. When Jack leaves, Juliet is your only doctor. Like, I don't know how to say this in a more simpler term. Yeah. And she also says an eye for an eye. And of course, eyes are a big theme on this show. Of course. So Jack does not yet know, I, d- I don't think, who Juliet killed. um, Because Juliet wouldn't tell him and Tom wouldn't tell him. So... Um, he's finally being told by Alex and she killed Danny because he was going to kill Sawyer and Kate. Shut up. And so Jack feels bad because Juliet is in big, big trouble because of Jack. Which is like interesting because, um, since when does Jack care about what happens to Juliet? Right. Hmm. I mean, you know, I think that Jack, like being a doctor and everything and like Juliet was like, you're not going to kill Ben because you're a doctor and you're not going to do it. And Jack totally was bluffing. Yeah. You know? So like, it makes sense to me that Jack would be like, I don't really care that much about Juliet. Well, he's he's telling himself that he doesn't care about Juliet, I think. But he'd be like, it's my fault that she's getting killed and I can't for that. Exactly. And so Alex, in just a completely rad move, is like, I answered three of your questions. So I get three questions now. (laughs) Good for her. And so why did you save him? And he says, I saved him because I promised I would. And I'm like, that's a, I don't like that answer. (laughs) I wouldn't take that answer. I wouldn't take that answer. I'd be like, okay, well then why did you promise to save him? I I, I don't like it. Uh, Give me a different one. Yeah, I don't like that answer. Explain yourself better. So Jack asks if Isabel will do what Ben says. And she says yes. And so, okay, we're going on a mission. Let's go. We're getting me out and we're going on a mission. And uh, so they do. I guess. Jack and Alex run to the operating room. Jack stops Ivan from injecting Ben and tells him that he'll take care of him if he saves Juliet. Um, So then Ben writes a message for Isabel. Because Ivan is like the only other doctor, I guess. And he's like only kind of a doctor. And Jack shows up and Ben's like, I'm not sure how you got here. (laughs) (laughs) You're supposed to be in a cage. What the hell are you? So then he looks over and he sees that Alex let him out and... You know, that would, you know, and then he's disappointed in that. I really like the moment where he like sees her and then just like puts his head in the pillow because he's like, man, I sure wish my daughter didn't hate me. Well, that's a solvable problem, isn't it, my friend? Be a better dad. Yeah. Have you tried just being a better parent? I don't know. I don't know. Give it a goog. Give it a goog. (laughs) Goog. Out of context, this would sound so harsh, like to anyone else. Like, <laughs> you just tried being a better dad, but like, <laughs> yeah, have you have you tried parenting classes? But I have no sympathy for Ben, so no. <laughs> like, I love Ben because he's evil. Yeah, yeah. I can I can find sympathy for Ben in my heart, but not right now. No, he needs to go through. Some- yeah like maybe later but not now and so jack's like hey you guys would be a lot like cooler and scarier if you had a better surgeon and i'm like okay but you were the surgeon who did this exactly like are you saying you're not a good surgeon explain yourself i think he's saying that he did a um average job at most he's like i half-assed it and i'm gonna say that's true (laughs) sorry not sorry um and he's like we had a good surgeon his name was ethan and your people killed him and of course you you're like, oh, of course, because you're putting it together that like Ethan was there in the staff with Claire. And so it makes sense that he, you know, we see him as a doctor there in the staff. And also, I remember if he's a doctor in the Juliet flashback or if he's just there. I think he's just there. But you're like, he's like, we had a, a doctor named Ethan and now we don't have a doctor. So thanks. Jack is like, that infection is really bad and you might lose all ability to walk. And Ben's like, hmm, your bedside manner is bad. And like, we knew that because Hurley ca- has called him out on it a bunch of times. And so has Christian. But this time he's trying to scare you like on purpose because that's like part of his plan. Um, And he's like, you need an actual doctor. So I want you to save Juliet. 
be much more impressed with you people if you had a good surgeon. We had an excellent surgeon, Jack. His name was Ethan. Had a very serious infection, Ben. That infected tissue needs to be reincised, debrided, and you need to be very closely monitored from here on out. There might be nerve damage or any number of other complications. You might not walk again. Your bedside manner leaves something to be desired, Chad. Well, then, it's too bad you're stuck with me. Am I? You need a doctor, Ben. Someone to stay with you. Bring you back to good health. And here we go again. I've already given you a ticket off this island, Jack. What's it gonna cost me this time? Right now, your people are in a room deciding whether or not to execute Juliet. You're gonna stop it. Ben's like, okay, just so you know, Juliet doesn't care about you. Like, just FYI. No matter what you think. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't think you know Juliet that well. I hate, like, Ben is like, I know Juliet and she doesn't like you. And I'm like, uh. Ben, first of all, do you know Juliet? He, Second th- of all, I don't know if that's, a, a, if either of those things are true. Ben knows the version of Juliet that Juliet chooses to show him. And it's only mm-hmm. the one that's curated specifically for him. He says that Juliet is one of us. And there's an episode later this season that is a Juliet episode that's called One of Us. Okay. Um, I personally do think that she cares about him. Yes. And basically he can't speak with Isabel right now because she doesn't have a radio. So he's going to write it down. And I like that Isabel gets it. And she's just like, oh, well, this is Ben. <laughs> and I'm like, how? <laughs> Jack could have just been like, hey, please don't kill Juliet. End of. <laughs> and Isabel would have been like, well, uh, what? Ben said. But I guess the fact that he calls for her to be marked, like, kind of shows that it wouldn't have been Jack, Jack, because Jack wouldn't know what being marked yeah. is. So Alex delivers the message to Isabel, who is in the middle of the trial. Um, ben has taken execution off the table, but wants Juliet to be marked. So Jack and Alex run to the trial, and they're like, you shouldn't go in. And we kind of get a shot of Juliet inside of there. And I'm like, yo, that wooden podium with the Hydra symbol on it is cool. It's ominous. Mm-hmm. It's like, I wonder if they had, like, problems on the on the other on the other island if they have like a similar room or if they all go here to be like judged and i'm like also like cindy and the kids i guess were brought over from the other island as well this is a lot of fuel that's being wasted yeah so tom tries to apprehend jack but isabel stops him ben commutes Juliet's sentence so she can't be executed but she is going to be marked and i think that that's supposed to be a parallel to jack in the flashbacks um but like jack asked to be tattooed Uh, or like marked and Juliet is not being asked to be marked. However, I do have to say that Jax isn't necessarily consensual on both ends because the tattoo artist didn't want to tattoo him. Yeah, exactly. It's just a matter of who's giving consent there. Yeah. Uh, I hate that scene. Yeah. Yeah. It's Um, extremely cringe. Terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Juliet brings Jack a sandwich just like the old times. Jack asks to see the mark, which she shows. Um, He treats it with aloe vera and he promises that they'll get off this island together. Hmm. So Juliet heard about his grilled cheese comment. And I love that Tom was like, ooh, Julie, (laughs) Jack was talking about you and said that he prefers your sandwiches. (laughs) Wait, that's really funny. 
<laughs> and Jack like remembers the toothpick thing. And so he asks to see the mark. Um, she was literally branded, which I hate. Yep. And I don't really understand what's the deal with this either. Um, I don't, We need to watch to see if we... Does this ever come back? That's the thing is we need to watch to see if we can ever see it again. I don't think it ever matters. So I think that's another reason why this episode is kind of like pointless because not a lot really changes other than like Juliet's not in trouble for killing Danny okay. anymore but I didn't think she should be in trouble anyway because Ben asked her to save Sawyer and Kate so yeah I don't really even understand what the point of this episode was which is why it was a filler episode which is why ABC let them finish the story so I guess that's what the point of the episode is <laughs> it's just like for us to hate it so much <laughs> the the like branding thing one it's super uncomfortable and like that it's like not something I normally would go out of my way to like watch you know a mutilation stuff uh right. like as punishment uh, unless it's like but if it had a point to the plot you know whatever but it's just like this feels like a holdover from when the writers were kind of building the others up as this dark and almost like more yeah. uh savage or primal presence on the island mm -hmm. or something that like might even be supernatural and then obviously the more we get to know the others the more that's clearly not true so it's like yeah. why even include this yeah it's like you were like hmm this is a cool thing we thought we might do at one point let's put it in the filler episode why not yeah we need something to go with the tattoos what is something <laughs> like a tattoo a brand fringe <laughs> i guess it is sure like this reminds me of like when they did the weird shannon and boone in thing and they were like we thought it would be cool and i'm like thanks for trying but no what part of that was cool? when has okay historically when have audiences ever been like psyched about an incest subplot yeah i don't i don't they're like it's only the 13th episode we can still we we've we've cinched them and now what game of thrones yeah <laughs> we've cinched them in our first 12 episodes and now we can uh now we can do whatever we want exactly yeah like this is also this is pre the first season of game of thrones right that was like 2012 yeah, 2000, yeah. so like up until yeah i think so yeah it's like pretty pretty seriously uh before yeah so I, like i i i was mostly sure but sometimes i don't trust my concept of time um I'm gonna check. but like that's such a mood <laughs> up until this point like most of the incest that i have seen in television shows is like the super um like unexpected twist in a police procedural where they're trying to solve a crime like it's oh my god right that's like what i yes. associate television incest with and it's just oh god i never understood never got it yeah you were basically totally on the money it um was in 2011 Ooh, so i knew it was like very close. close to freshman year of college yeah <laughs> so jack asks to see the mark like i said she was branded and she was branded with an eight pointed star um so eight is one of the numbers and jack already knows that there's aloe vera near him like i love the i love the thing that he like gets into that cage and immediately just susses out all the plants that's actually pretty cool like he's like what I, what can i use for medicine that's pretty cool that's, he like yeah. already knew that there was aloe near him like he drives me nuts but i'm gonna give him a point for that because that's pretty creative yeah Mm -hmm. but just one i hate so also a achira had a tattoo in this same place she also had like um like a lower back tattoo i think those kind of go together and he puts his hand on her like on her hip and like also kind of like the skin of her like stomach right and he's like i'm a doctor and you're a patient like he's being totally like normal about it because he's like i'm just being a doctor i'm in my doctor brain yeah. but like i think juliet's brain is like whoa <laughs> like you can tell that she's like i'm like juliet you feeling some type of way right now <laughs> Juliet's like, why is this arousing? But but she also like puts her hand near his too. And 
I, I'm going to be, I, I, I know this is an unpopular opinion, but I always kind of liked the idea of Juliet and Jack. Um, I thought they had like a really interesting like origin story. Like they weren't totally enemies to friends to lovers because I don't think they like really started off as enemies that much. Um, but I just thought their origin story was really interesting. Hmm. Um, it doesn't last very long, but I still think, I always thought it was kind of cool. Wyatt, what do you feel about that? About uh, Jack and Juliet? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not like... I'm not a skate shipper and I don't really never got into Jack and Juliet but I buy Jack and Juliet's chemistry more than I do like the other main couple like before the big whole sure. I don't know if we have to say spoilers but like partner swap thing uh, sorry I don't know what all you guys have to like right yes yeah. partner swap no you're you 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 basically uh got okay. it like that's the yeah. partner swap yeah because like at least with at least with Jack and yeah it's like lost wife swap is kind of what happened yeah, but like at least with Jack and Juliet, like the way that they interact with each other is interesting. I feel like their like chemistry is more believable. I like the they're both medical in some way, so like they yeah. they, they approach problems similarly, but they have different temperaments. Whereas like because I do like Kate and Sawyer's characters to a point individually, like the way Sawyer is written is such a douche a lot of the time mm -hmm. and like being so misogynistic and so controlling doesn't jive with like a lot of maybe not the way Kate's written as far as how she acts on the island but like her independent backstory so I don't yeah. know mm -hmm. like but they never do anything with Jack and Juliet and I guess that's fine like I mean, not really yeah which which I think is kind of I don't know I'm just like uh well if you if you had it like I thought they had good chemistry personally um and I I kind of wish they had done more with it um, Jack and Juliet, that is. Fair enough, fair enough. So he said that he helped Juliet to make sure that Ben lets them go home. Like they, if it's only one of them, then Ben can just do whatever he wants. But because there's two of them, they can help each other keep Ben accountable. Which like, that's just never going to happen. Right. <laughs> like that, what a delusion to be operating under mm -hmm. that Ben will hold up to anything he, he says. Yeah. Doesn't matter who you are. So then Juliet says that they have to leave and go back to where they live on the original island because Sawyer and Kate know where they are and they can bring people back to there. So they need to like go basically hide um, back on the other island. All right, fair enough. All the others gather to leave this island. Isabel talks to Jack about his tattoos again and Jack gets real philosophical about it before joining Ben in the boat. There's sometimes where I can stand Jack and then there's times where I just want to punch him in the teeth. This whole episode, <laughs> I just want to punch him in the teeth. Yeah. So all the others gather to leave. Ben is lying in the in the sand because he keeps getting surgery on him. Um, <laughs> and Tom is just like holding an umbrella over him. Like why, when did Tom Friendly become everyone's bitch? <laughs> Like, he literally, like, has this fake beard and he's like, light him up. And he's, like, this cool guy. And then he shows up and he's like, here are your clothes, Kate. Hey, if you need any, like, poly freaking sporin for your wounds, I'll get you that. And then Sawyer's like, hey, can I have something? And he's like, no. <laughs> Thank you, though. And he also and he has to hold an umbrella over Ben. Like, this is ridiculous. He's Ben's house boy. He does favor Totoro, so... I feel like it's yeah. okay if he holds the umbrella. <laughs> yeah, I agree. But basically, his his tattoo says, canonically, he walks amongst us, but he is not one of us. And, like, that's absolutely not what it says. Yeah. <laughs> but canonically, like, canonically, that's what it says, basically. Hold up, why would they- Imagine how funny it would be for, like, a Chinese viewer watching and being like, oh, it says, uh, uh, eagle's high cleaving sky. Because that's what it actually says. So they'd be like, okay. And they're just watching the rest of the episode. And then at the end of the episode, she's like, it says he walks amongst us, but he is not one of us. I'd be like, um, no. Why would you do that? No, it doesn't. It does not say that. Be because, because eagle's high cleaving sky doesn't make any sense for their storyline. Oh my, listen, this episode is just so racist. It really is. Like, oh my god. 
I, uh, it's a, it's a, a thing that like frustrates me about this is similar to like frustrations I have with Firefly, which is like you only mm-hmm. invest in representing another language to a point. Exactly. Uh, I yeah. won't even get into my hatred of Whedon and like how he butchers Mandarin and Chinese culture in that series. Mm-hmm. But like with this, it's like the, the tattoo that Matthew Fox has in real life says, yeah, the eagles high up cleaving the space or whatever. Uh, yeah. And it's like, yeah, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And it's supposed to be, it's from a poem. I think it's like a Mao Zedong poem, actually, which is also probably why they- Yeah, right. I wrote that down. <laughs> yeah. The text of Jack's tattoo is taken from a poem by this Chinese Marxist military and political leader and <gasps> philosopher. Which, again, probably why they didn't want to set it in China. Um, yeah. But like- Right. Uh, I remember that I like had a vague but Matthew Fox what are you doing yeah I was like hey I d- nothing against you know most communists but maybe not that one like yeah yeah maybe don't yeah so mm. uh but like one of the the poems itself like I'm trying to remember I had it written down oh yeah it's like there's another portion in the stanza which is where those characters are taking taken from which is like mm-hmm. the who who masters the descent, the rise and descent of fate or who masters fate's rise and descent, which you can kind of tie into, or you could have if they didn't half-ass it, the imagery yeah. of Stranger in a Strange Land. And like they could have even had the actual text of uh, Jack's tattoo be, there's no reason to like make up a new meaning. And exactly like talk more about the context of that poem and the imagery. And it's just like, God, you guys consistently i can't even say you fumbled the bag i don't think you ever picked the bag up like exactly like, can you imagine if that tattoo was in english and they said oh it says this you'd be like huh yeah it just so clearly doesn't say that and it yeah. says a lot too about like american viewers and well i guess the show is like shown everywhere but like i'm gonna blame the audience of the country of origin because like right everything about here but uh uh like to be like what do jack's tattoos mean like it's not written in a language that actually exists and you could look up yourself yeah like just ask somebody yeah yeah it's just like no we 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 would never know unless it was in the show like chinese that's not even real that's like the loch ness monster the bermuda triangle we've never heard of it exactly (sighs) okay sorry i didn't mean to like get too spicy no it fully deserves it um <laughs> no i absolutely loved it i i wrote this in my notes for the for the flashbacks but i'll just mention it here and we can talk a little bit more about it later but it's just like such a strange and like once again i'm just a white woman so if i if i say anything wrong please feel free to tell me and i'm happy to apologize next episode but like the type of respect that you see them giving to korea and then the um, like juxtaposition of like how they're treating Thailand is so strange to me. I think no, I think you're right. Yeah, because like, and I know that like they're they're representing Korea as being like, look, uh, Sun's dad is kind of like almost like a mafia boss. Look, he asks people to be killed and everything, right? So it's like, eh, you know, uh, I don't know about that anyway. But they sure do treat it like w- with respect. It feels like you know, like everybody they're uh, at least like trying yeah. a little. So it's like, why didn't you try here? Like, what is it about Thailand that you felt like disrespecting? to such a degree yeah yeah I, I i genuinely don't know like i can't think of anything off the top of my head of the many like horrific genocides and terrible political decisions that i've exposed myself to like why thailand is just because like even with the the scenes of korea where it's like okay this is not 
great, but it's still like, yeah. uh, but not like in their defense, but I, or I like, cause I don't want to be like in their defense, but it is kind of beat for beat. Like what a lot of K dramas at the time were like, like not necessarily anything sure. that was winning awards, but like uh, in line with like their own kind of run of the mill syndicated TV shows. Not that that's like mm-hmm. good, but at least they had, a, it's right. not just, Hey, we made up things about a culture. Cause we decided that's how it is. Well, it's like totally like at least their own culture was kind of, uh giving that sort of story out yeah yeah it's sort of like a fundamental like disrespect of like like how just how big and how diverse asia is <laughs> mm-hmm. for sure and and it's yeah. like literally like the fact that we're recording this today is just like especially prescient because it, that's like the main topic of conversation right now is like racism against like asian people yeah it's it always feels like we end up recording um podcasts on like the really specific days that are really like prevalent and i don't really know how that keeps happening it shows you that the world is cyclical my friend right yeah but i guess the only other thing that i really wanted to say was that like you can tell like at least sun sun has this air of such like uh she's just like really respectable and like proper Mm -hmm. and um so like the um juxtaposition between a woman in one asian country that they have and the woman in another asian country that they have is like so different and like women um contain multitudes and there are many different kinds of women but um yeah i don't know i agree so (laughs) jack is like yeah that's what they say but that's not what they mean and so like okay so i guess he did know what his tattoo said and i gotta say like that line does feel a little bit cringy but i also kind of love it yeah why do i love it yeah oh i just like you know at the time you're like that's what they say but it's not what they mean and you're like oh all right guy but like looking back on it i'm just like ooh, so true (laughs) like wow you really put thought into this huh he's like if anyone ever asks me that's what i'm gonna say I like the line itself. It just feels like it belongs at the end of a much better written episode. Okay. Yes, exactly, exactly. And so there's like this small boat that they get into, and I, I assume there's a larger boat out there that they that I assume that they row to, and potentially even like the Elizabeth that they stole mm-hmm. from our heroes earlier this season. Yeah. Um, and then lastly, Jack and Juliet stand together on the boat and like smile each other, smile at each other. So Juliet is in the front of the boat, probably thinking about how she thought that she was gonna die, and then Jack and Juliet kind of just have like this silent moment. And it's kind of lovely, I think, because Juliet got saved and, and, you know, Jack's whole job is saving lives. And so it's like probably not even that big of a deal to him, but every single person whose life he saves, it's a huge deal to them. Yeah. So yeah. Do you guys have anything else to um, add to the island storyline? I like, I'm so terrible at separating out my thoughts, but anything else I have to add to the... (laughs) To the island storyline also kind of relates to my anger feelings about the flashback and how they tie together. So I can wait. Okay, so before we move on to flashbacks, Brittany, can you tell me about Patreon? Oh my god, yeah, sure. So Patreon is a service where you can donate monthly to your favorite creators. Tell me more. So like... If we're your favorite Patreon, for example, like your favorite creators, um, you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash and you can get perks starting at a dollar a month. Oh, like what kind of perks? Um, early access to our pods by at least a couple days because Robin edits very well. I try. Uh, you really do try. I know. <laughs> you can also <laughs> get discounts on the shop that we share, which is shopylux.com. You can get postcards every year that we send out. You can basically get a whole bunch of stuff. I just wanted to say mm-hmm. that... um. Mm-hmm. I have lots of lost designs. I have Sawyer, Kate, Juliet, Locke, and then um, since the last podcast came out, I also put out Penny and Desmond. Thanks. Oh, I that out. thanks. 
Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. Actually, your Penny and Desmond looked really good. Thank you so much. I thought that the stakes were very high for Desmond's hair, and I think I pulled it off. Yeah, that hair is pretty majestic. Yeah. But if you can't donate, what can you do? Um, that's okay. You know what? Money's tight. Like I would know that. So just tell your friends about our podcast instead. We have five, so maybe they'll be interested in what we have to say about something else. Right. We will talk about um our other podcasts in the outro. So if you're like, hey, I'm looking for more podcasts for more shows, stay tuned. Don't worry about it. Okay. Are we good for? For uh, flashbacks? Yes. I think so. I mean, are we good for flashbacks? Maybe not. Yeah. Yeah. That's my full statement. It's just, uh, yeah. All right. So we get a flashback to Jack's time in Thailand. He lives in a beachside hut and always buys soda from a kid. He tries to build a kite, but sucks at it. And this girl comes and helps him. She introduces herself as Achara. I gotta say... Like I said, I rewatch this episode very infrequently. Um, and so I've been calling her Achara for a really long time. Oh, okay. Just because I had I hadn't rewatched it in such a long time that like I didn't realize it was pronounced Achara. <laughs> well, Whoops. it's a it's a really good cool name. I really like it. Oh, for sure. Um, so Jack is in Thailand, and like I said, Sawyer once asked if he got his tattoos in Thailand in Thailand, and he didn't answer. But it turns out, yes, yes, he did. Um, well, at least he got he got the. Chinese symbols. Um, <laughs> Chinese symbols in Thailand. The other like weird triangle five thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I read that the five is for like his time because he was on Party of Five. So that's what the five is for. Um, but I don't know what any of the other stuff. I watched some of his Party of Five episodes, not for him, but because Paige Sharko was in Party of Five. Yeah. Would not recommend it. Okay. Really okay. dull. Okay. Okay. That's great. That's great to know. Thank you. Thank I you. Agree. You're welcome. <laughs> I, I just won't talk for the rest of the podcast now. No, I genuinely wanted to know. I haven't, I haven't seen him. Uh, my next note is just, I hate this flashback. Oh, so we're done. Yeah. Yeah. So the boy calls him Dr. Jack and gives him some soda. And he gives him two sodas because he puts up two fingers. I looked at the transcript for this while I was doing my notes. And I straight up always thought until I rewatched this, that he was just doing some weird cringy peace sign. <laughs> Oh my god, Robin. Like, I genuinely thought that. You're killing me. I, yeah, like, just, you know, I thought it made sense for this episode. I don't know. Also, why is he buying soda from a kid? I guess he's just like, uh, like, you know, when you go to the baseball game and he's just like the guy who sells cotton candy, I guess. Like, maybe that's just his, like, side hustle. Yeah, oh, fair enough. And Jack's like, hey, I can't understand you. I made no effort, but I can't. <laughs> God. I'm like, how long? Like, later, I think he says he's been there for, like, five months or something. I can't remember how long he says he's been there, but for, like, a while. And I'm like, and you still haven't even attempted to learn any... Like, not even enough to order a drink? Like, come on, man. Yeah. Like, learn the word for soda. Yeah, I don't... So Jack sucks at making a kite, and Atra helps him. On Lostpedia, it said that the Jack's kite was designed by Buteo Huang and is known as the Starbird. So that's cool. Oh, okay. And Jack's like, I'm a spinal surgeon, but I can't figure out how this freaking kite works. Okay, wait. So they have... I skipped kite class in med school. (laughs) This is too confusing for me. I spent like eight years in med school, but... Wait, that's so embarrassing. Oh, oh my god. <laughs> that just broke me a little bit. It's so awkward too. Mm. Oh my uh. god. Also, okay, wait. They have the budget to get custom kites made for this episode, but like not to differentiate between different Asian countries. Mm. I don't know. Mm. Like how what's the over under on these fancy kites? Like <laughs> 
Yeah, I don't know. I... Mm, suspicious. <laughs> I need to know this now. I thought that the kite kind of looked like that little leaf plane that Jack made in the pilot. My next note was, I'm really sorry that Giacchino had to write music for this. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I love you so much, Michael Giacchino. He's really an, f- just a phenomenal composer. God. His career has been insane. Yeah, it has. Oh my God. Like every Pixar movie, he's an actual icon. Yeah. I made a whole TikTok about it. And then Michael Giacchino quote tweeted it and said, <gasps> Um, and then said, uh, everyone meet my new publicist. However, I've not gotten not gotten any emails. So sorry. About being Jakino's publicist, but whatever. I need to get back to you. So true. This was like, I don't, like, God, I hate that I am this person. But a, one of the reasons that I loved Lost and Battlestar and like those are such formative shows for me is because of the composers. Like mm-hmm. the first shows I ever watched was insane composers and like, <sighs> Yeah, and it's so interesting how, like, infrequently they use, like, actual, like, music with actual, like, lyrics, like, mm-hmm. that aren't Giacchino's stuff. Oh, yeah. And I think that's so rare, like, even now. It's to the point that, like, I don't need to be watching a Lost episode. If I hear certain phrases, yep. I'm just gonna cry. Yeah. <laughs> yep. It's like a conditioned yep. trauma response. It's just like... <gasps> Yep. specifically hollywood and vines and then like the life and death theme oh. i was gonna, i was really like it's a life and death theme yeah oh not the life and death theme <laughs> so Atra's like you're not from around here are you and he's like no i'm the epitome of an american white man <laughs> how could you tell how could you tell do i look like a tourist <laughs> yeah dummy so yeah jack and Atra on uh, lostpedia it said in hinduism Atra and dharma are synonymous and mean the regulation of daily life so <gasps> now that's interesting yeah, so it's interesting that they chose that name. Oh my god, we found something interesting about Jack's flashbacks. We did it, guys. They did something. They did something there. We sure. did it. We can go now. <laughs> Me just trying to constantly leave the flashbacks. <laughs> so Jack is at a restaurant with Atra. Her brother Chet brings their food and Jack tries it. Atra calls him out for not being able to build a kite. Um, and Jack talks about his dad. Atra tells him to shut up about that guy. And Jack's like, that's fair. <laughs> Some guy comes in and gives her a bunch of money and then leaves. And she says that she has a gift. Sure. I have so much to okay, say so about the scene. I have nothing to say. So, <laughs> so he's at the restaurant. Chet is her brother and he's the waiter. And he says that Jack is brave for trying their food. How long have they known each other because she's introducing him to her brother so quickly. And uh, like, since she's still talking about the kite, it makes me think it's like that evening. Also, like the dialogue of you're you're brave to try our food is like, what? Yeah. What? That's like things you tell like a white tourist to get them to like tip you more, which I would do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Sorry. That laugh was obnoxious. It just got me because it's very true. No, I loved it. <laughs> I don't really understand out of every tourist that's there, why you chose Jack. Yeah, exactly. I don't really know. So she's like, Jack, why don't you know how to fly a kite? And he's like, I don't know. My dad never taught me. Uh, well, basically, she's like, it's really sad that you don't know how to fly a kite. And he's like, I don't know. My dad never taught me. And I'm like, I mean, my dad didn't really teach me how to fly a kite either. Like, he taught me how to throw a baseball. But like, to each his own, like, not everyone. Yeah. <laughs> I can't imagine Christian Shepard being like, you know what's a really big, a really important skill to have? kite flying let's do that achar should have been like it's not spinal surgery jack i don't know why you're <laughs> acting like it's such a big deal <laughs> come on man that's like the first thing you learn at med school dude like what are you forgetting here oh my god that's killing me um so he starts talking about his dad and she's like yeah i don't care about your dad so shut up and yeah, like- jack's like all right good i don't either <laughs> she's like i'm actually like- not here to be your therapist thank you why is you don't know how to fly a kite she's never learned i guess That's very sad. Well, my dad worked a lot. 
Wasn't exactly the, the kite flying type anyway. I mean, we never really. Jack. Yeah. I have no interest in your father. <laughs> well, that's relief because I'm pretty tired of talking about it. If somebody talked to me like that, I would be so out of there. Like, if I started telling an anecdote about my life, and she's like, shut up, I don't want to hear about it, I'd be like, bye. Yeah, yeah but here's the thing. Jack loves that. Jack's like, ooh, pretty lady. Yeah, yeah. pretty lady who bosses me around, simping. Sure. So she says that he's here to find himself. I know because you're American. And then some guy comes in and gives her a bunch of money and leaves. So apparently she has a gift that people pay for. And after, like, learning what her gift is, I'm like, why wouldn't he pay her at the place like why wouldn't you pay her right before you get your tattoo or right after you get your tattoo uh-huh you know like how tattoos work like i'm not really sure why yeah you know, why he's bringing it to her here at this restaurant it's like it's like when um you see like a celebrity eating dinner and it's like oh i won't go up to them because they're eating like i don't want to bother them and this guy was like no i don't care if you're on like some i don't know date or whatever here's a bunch of money <laughs> Money can be exchanged for goods and services. Yeah. And I'd be like, mm, this seems a little shady. I don't know. Yeah. I like, just because we were kind of talking about how uh, like on the nose it is to be discussing this episode with everything going on. Yeah. It's like, part of me feels like it's trying to lead the viewer to assume she does some type of sex work because she's Asian. So of yeah. course she's doing sex right. work. And it's just like, this is cheap. And I don't like, yeah. it yeah. never sat right with me even like before I like, like have been through a couple series rewatches it was just weird and contrived you're totally right and like of course sex work is real work but like it is a stereotype and they also have her it's stigmatized yeah have her like dressing so scantily clad as well yeah i think that's partially why picking thailand rubbed me the wrong way because there is such a stereotype there like think about like the friggin plot of i think it's like the hangover too where, like, it's constant, like, trans jokes and, like, sex worker jokes while they're in Thailand. And, like, I genuinely think that's why the writers chose it. And that's what yeah. bums me out the most. Yeah, that would not surprise me. Yeah. Yeah. I just wanted to say, just in case people are listening to this, like, pretty far in the future, what we're talking about um, when we're talking about, like, what's going on right now. Just in case people are like, I don't know what's going on right now. Basically, like, what I would definitely classify as a white domestic terrorist yeah. killed Asian women who worked in, um, like, spas in Atlanta because he said that they were temptations to him. So basically, he killed them because they were Asian. It was it was racist and horrific. Right. And I think it was, like... N- it was like quote like he was quoted to have said like I'm killing you because you're Asian. Yeah. Um, so that's what we're talking about when we're saying like what's going on right now. I yeah. didn't want anybody to be like in the dark about that. Yeah. But moving back into the um the story, this Thai speaking is not translated on Lostpedia, so I don't know what they're saying. Uh, usually I uh, have that because the Korean is um translated on in the transcripts of on Lostpedia. Mm-hmm. Um, and that makes sense because the Korean language is so prevalent in the show that there would be like Korean people coming in to translate it, yeah. which I appreciate so much. But this tie is not translated on Lostpedia. So if anyone knows what they're saying, I would love to find out. Um, if anyone knows, hit me up. It, I kind of laugh because she has this like striped extension and it's so early 2000s. Yeah. <laughs> but we, And we don't actually know what year this takes place in. The Lost timeline says late 2003 or early 2004. That's still seeing Kid Era. Yeah. yeah. Very much seen Kadera. It is right after his divorce from Sarah. And so I guess he didn't have any tattoos when he was with Sarah. I don't, I guess I just wasn't paying attention. Oh, I wonder if they 
covered. I, I, I've not paid, yeah. paid attention to that. Yeah, there might be tattoo continuity issues there. But uh, what they're basically telling us is that he didn't have any tattoos on that arm at all um, until after Sarah. But like he doesn't just have the Chinese characters like he has like more on his shoulder. And we just never learn about that. And I, I do have to say, I mean, it is an older tattoo on Matthew Fox. And that tattoo seems much too like old and faded to have been like within the year. Yeah. Have been done within the year. So, I mean, that's just kind of a thing that we have to put our disbelief on and it doesn't matter. Sure. Yeah. And so, like I said before, we kind of talked about this already, but it feels so much different than the way that they portray Korea. The tattoo is in Chinese by Ling, who plays Achara, is Chinese officially. And then James Huang plays her brother. Um, and he he plays Che. Um, it doesn't say on his Wikipedia page that he is Chinese American, which is what they said for Bai Ling. Um, but Huang is a Chinese surname, so you can kind of guess that like there's just a lot of like Chinese stuff that's happening here when he's supposed to be in Thailand. Yeah, it's so cringe. So that's just a little weird. So like a month later, <laughs> oh I guess it is just a month. I don't know why I thought it was five months. Like a month later, Atra joins Jack in bed late at night. Jack wants to finally know more about her, but she seduces him and says to stop asking questions. Mm. This is my least favorite scene maybe in the entire show. So she like wakes him up with kisses and I'm like, does he have a door? Does he have a door that locks? She probably has the maybe the she has key. The key. That's still weird. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Only knowing yeah. her for a month. Yeah. He's like, hey, anytime you want to do a booty call, come on in. Don't care. Yeah. Like <laughs> I have the key to my partner's place and we've been together for three years and I still would not like show up in the middle right. of the night. Like, yeah. no thanks. So she has a tattoo on her lower back, just like um, Juliet ends up getting the mark there um and jack says like i said and i quote mm, salty <laughs> and she's like it's not any better the second time <laughs> you know? and she's like yeah i was just in the ocean so i guess they've been doing this for a month and she kind of just comes and goes as she pleases he says that um, and he really wants to know more about her and she's like you wouldn't get it i think is what she says and he asks about her gift but she's like hey let's just have fun and stop asking questions and i'm just like basically just really uncomfortable Anybody else have any thoughts on that scene or can I move on? Let's move on, please. Wonderful. Okay, so Jack follows Atra to a street market. Oh, I'm so mad about this. Oh, God. Jack follows Atra to a street market and follows her to her workplace, which is similar to a tattoo parlor. Atra reveals to Jack, after getting intimidated by him, to be honest, that her gift is that she can see who people truly are and then she marks them with their label. Jack wants his done, but she refuses, saying that it would be against her people for her to mark an outsider. Jack insists, even though he knows there will be consequences. This is so predatory. Please let me appropriate. Please. Please, can I please? Yeah, and it's like, it's blatant like it's so it's aggressive and it's blatant the way he's inserting himself into her culture disrespecting it like to the point where it's like okay this isn't me as like an informed viewer watching this and being like this is problematic i would think you were making a point about the way white people insert themselves into other people's people's cultures when they travel except that you never address it in that way except kind of when jack gets beat up but even then it's like who poor jack so uh, like, and he's the protagonist of the show. Yeah, yeah. it's it's like a <laughs> it like reminds me of like when uh, conservative people make propaganda that's supposed to be anti the left, but it's like I think you did the opposite. Like you're not yeah. good at doing what you're supposed to be doing. It's just uh, yeah. 
it infuriates me. That's like one of my favorite Twitter accounts is accidentally left wing. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So funny. And I think that I would have been like already he's he's very aggressive with her with her, which I don't like, um, obviously. But he is like, do it, like give me the tattoo or whatever. And it's like, okay, fine. But then as soon as she says it's against my people, it's against my culture, bro, at that point you're like, morally like exactly. out of here, dude. Like yeah. you have to you're you have to stop. You're disrespecting her in the first place. And then you double down on it and you're still supposed to be a good guy. Yeah. Like even if, if she had been like, hey, there's going to be consequences. And he's like, there always are. I'm like, first of all, shut up. <laughs> Second of all, like even if she had been like, no, literally, like you're going to get kicked out of this country because like not not like government wise, I don't think. But like my brother's going to beat you up and a bunch of people are going to know what you did and hate you for it. He probably still would be like, meh, consequences. Exactly. Like, he, he doesn't care what the consequences are at this point. And he yeah. doesn't care that there would be consequences for her. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Jack goes to the street market. I He followed Atra purposefully, I think. And I'm like, basically like, girl, there's like a man following you. Like, I'm, I'm really worried about her. I think she needs to be more aware. Like he's following her down a street. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Again, it just kind of feels gross and predatory in some way but like mm -hmm. i can't really define why but it always makes me deeply uncomfortable right. that she's just yes. written as completely like unaware of the way yep. he's doing and like this is supposed to be your hero yeah right this is your guy like this yeah you know i think that potentially you could read it as in maybe she did know that he was following her um but she would need to be really sure that it was him who was following her like later she's like you followed me to this place or whatever and so like it makes sense that potentially she would have known it was him and then still gone inside but if you didn't know it was him and it was just some random guy like please be careful so okay please be more aware okay so it's kind of a tattoo parlor so this is where she works she says she's not a tattoo artist she can see who people are and what she's doing is not decoration like a tattoo is i guess it's definition and you know what that's a great line that's great stuff yeah and not bad a tattoo parlor, that was your big secret? The envelopes? Your gift? I am not a tattoo artist. I'm able to see who people are. My work. It's not decoration. It is definition. And this. This is my gift. So, you see who people are? Yes. And I mark them. So tell me who I am. No. She marks people, but she refuses to do it for him. Um, and he's like, what, you're going to have sex with me, but you're not going to mark me? And I'm like, dude, yeah? those are completely different things. What are you even talking about? Ariana Grande bloodline.mp3? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, literally. <laughs> yeah, like, it's dude, it's literally not about that at all. What are you even talking about? And she's like, well, I'm not allowed. And I'm like, okay, by who? Like, is it, like, your boss? Or I think she means, like, by her, like, culture. Yeah. She's like, he's like, okay, well, if you see who I am, then tell me who I am. And she says that, she, like, in fear... I think she basically says he's a leader. He's a great man. And th that's an interesting choice of words after Desmond's like huge episode about being a great versus good man last episode. But he's that makes him lonely, frightened and angry. So every annoying <laughs> male protagonist of all time. Yeah. And like even after hearing that, he's like, yeah, get that tattooed on me. Ass. That you're lonely, frightened and angry. I feel like he has some type of public humiliation kink. And you know what? It kind of <laughs> further supports the fact that his tattoo really says kick me. Yeah, exactly. Right. He, he totally does have a humiliation kink. Though. <laughs> he does though. I mean, Brittany, tell the story. 
Brittany, tell the story. Oh, God. Oh, no, I will not. <laughs> Why not? Oh, speaking of humiliation kink, what a way to start a story. Okay, this has, just to be clear, this has nothing to do with the episode and only has stuff to do with humiliation kinks. Thank you. Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> I just wanted to make that super clear because we're talking about something really serious. In the, in the Robin and I were, like, driving. So, like, we live in, like, the gay neighborhood of Vancouver because, you know, we like to have- the little, best neighborhood to live in. Sorry. Yeah, for sure. Um, our dream was to have a gay penthouse and we did it. We did it. <laughs> so we were driving down the street and we were talking mad crap about other neighborhoods of Vancouver that are just inferior to ours. And we, I looked over and we saw this person like on a leash and was being walked by two other people. And they were in like BDSM, like all leather daddy kink, humiliation kink, like bondage gear. Oh, like, and, and like leather dog masks. Like zipped up. In at like 2 p.m., you know? Yeah. I'm not here. I'm not here to kink shame anybody. You do whatever you want in the in the in the safety of your own home, but I shouldn't have to look at it. I don't want to be a part. I did not consent to seeing a man zip yeah. all the way up to his like scalp being walked by another person. I just didn't. Yeah. That's like uh there's always some discourse going on about kink on Twitter, but like I can't yeah. remember exactly how she put it. Uh, but someone I follow was like, you know, like it's not even king shaming at this point. If you are gonna go out and get like food at Sabaros in your dog humiliation kink, then I'm as much as you say I'm consenting to looking at you, you're consenting to getting dunked on because you were exactly. garbage gear to Sabaros and like yeah. exactly. I will absolutely. I will roast you if you do that in public because like anytime you bring up, hey, we didn't consent to be a part of your scene. They're like, well, uh, it's like social contract. And I'm like, okay, social contract is I'm going to make fun of you for being an asshole because that's what you're yeah. doing. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you can do whatever you want. You can do whatever you want in the comfort of your own. Home. I just reserve the right to make fun of you for it. But I didn't ask. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, I don't want to see someone getting dog walked. Anyway. <laughs> I just don't. Oh my god, I just looked at my notes. I wrote these notes like two weeks ago. Um, and I also wrote, what weird kink is this? We both were thinking of the same thing. Um, but like just it's just like I was like, don't force her to do this. Like it's weird. It's weird that you're forcing her to do to do this. And like, you know, he it, it does look like he's kind of getting worked up about it, and that's what makes me even more uncomfortable. Jack gets off on appropriating other people's cultures. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like if the loss had been allowed. Oh god. If it had been allowed to go on unchecked, there would have been a whole storyline about him getting dreadlocks. <laughs> oh my god. No, I know that you're right and I'm pissed about it. <laughs> no, he wouldn't have gotten dreadlocks. He would have gone like full Leto and gotten cornrows. Like, that would have been his vacation braids phase. I would have paid money to see Sawyer be like, you look like an asshole. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and that's coming from Sawyer. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So she's like, there will be consequences. And he's like, there always are. And I'm like, shut yeah, up. Sure, whatever. So she straight up has to do it because she's scared. Like, she doesn't know. She can't say what... no. She's in, an, in power imbalance. Yeah. And I think that's why, you know, she's not blamed for it later by her brother or anything, you know? Like, that's even, like, not only did, do you have this tattoo that you're not supposed to have, but you also forced my sister into giving you this tattoo and now she feels violated and you're a bad person. Exactly. But yeah, she doesn't have a choice. She straight up has to do it because we've seen, like, I don't know if she has, but we've seen Jack get uh, violent. And yep. so 
you know, you never know what he's going to do to you. So you just have to do it. So there's going to be consequences for both of them. And it's one of the tattoos where you like pound it into their skin. Like it's not a tattoo it's gun. A like, Bro, this is going to hurt. Yeah, it's a stick and poke. However, I do have to say she doesn't even need a stencil, which is kind of impressive. She's clearly pretty good at this, I guess. Yeah. Um. So lastly, finally, phew. <sighs> Jack leaves his hut and tries to buy a soda, but the kid is afraid of him. Chet comes over, looks at his new arm tattoo, and he and his friends straight up beat Jack up and tell him to leave the country, and Atra watches crying. So do you guys think Jack bought this coastal hut, or is he renting it? Because he's been there for a long he's time. He's renting it. He's squatting. It's like an Airbnb. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, can you imagine? <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, he has lots of money. I'm sure he can afford to stay there for however long he wants, I guess. <laughs> I'm just imagining him walking through the door and like some poor Thai family is already living there. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, sorry, yeah. I don't understand like what you're saying. I don't understand your language. Sorry. <laughs> just like, <laughs> yeah, he just like puts down his stuff and like goes into the bedroom and just flops on the bed. And he's like, sorry, don't understand you. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to beat him up so bad. <laughs> yeah. So Jack asks for two sodas again, but the kid runs away and it's, you know, could be a parallel to Zach and Emma because like just these kids are afraid of him and that happens in this episode. Chet and some of his friends are pissed off and Jack does this like dramatic sunglasses take off and it's like, I'm Atra's friend, don't you remember? And I'm like, that was a month ago. <laughs> and also you're an ass. <laughs> and yeah, the thing that she wrote is just like the writing. It's not like the five and stuff. So I don't know when he got those, but I guess that she told them that he forced her to do it and that's why... Like, they go and attack him, basically. Good. A fun fact that I saw on Lostpedia, Chet's group of friends in the Stranger in a Strange Land episode consisted of professional Hawaii stuntmen for the climactic fight scene with Jack on the beach. The production offered the guy who played Chet a fight double for the scene, but he um, has a lot of experience fighting on screen, and so he asked to do, he would like to do his own fight. That's so cool! Hell yeah! Yeah, so that's pretty cool. The guy who played Chet did his own fight with Matthew Fox instead of opting to get a fight double. Oh, good. He, he read the script and he was like, I'm hitting this guy. <laughs> <laughs> yes, please. I gotta say, both Jack and Matthew Fox deserve that punch. Yeah. <laughs> so they tell him to leave the country and they spit on him and she just watches. And I can't say that I wouldn't also just watch my abuser get beat up. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can't feel bad about it. No. Nope. Okay, that's the flashback storyline. Do we have anything else to add? God, no, other than this episode was racist and it deserves all the hate it gets. Yep. I have like a little like high and mighty angry soapbox if that's okay. Do it. Do Absolutely. It, do please it. do. <laughs> so like, uh, like the flashback plot is sort of like case in point for the issues I have with this episode and why I feel like it should have been so good. So like uh, an issue I have with loss as a whole, and I love it so, so much, but it's like so often the writers will start to like play homage to, or have these little throwaway references to meteor sci-fi works that came before, but it just feels so superficial. Like they never really dig deep into it. Like yeah. uh, almost like Sawyer is like a, a, in the narrative, like an example of that by virtue of his character because he acts like he's reading all these books and he's like absorbing all this knowledge but like when ben calls him out for not knowing the of mice and men quote mm -hmm. so like they call this episode stranger in a strange land and it's like if i look at the novel that it's taking its name from like there's two different ways that that parallel could have been expressed well because you have jack in thailand where he is a stranger in a strange land and then you just have the general plot of the lost the lost ways, the, the plane survivors amongst the others on this island, a lot of the way that um, Michael Smith, the um, survivor of the envoy that went toward Mars in the 
Heinlein book crash lands onto Earth and he is looks like a human being, but he is not a human being because he's been so changed by a separation, which is like why I feel like the line one, he walks among us and is not one of us. And that's what they say. That's not what they mean. Feel like they belong in episodes that do a better job playing into that because there's like without having to give the the listeners who i'm sure don't want to hear me like lose my mind about classic science fiction uh, <laughs> like, uh i don't know if you know our listeners <laughs> yeah i want yeah, yeah, yeah. okay uh well it's just there's so much like in that story that it could have like if you're gonna name an episode after it knowing how the series itself ends and even just knowing that this episode like prompted the the end date like stuff uh about like eating the bodies of the dead and of loved ones as part of a religious rite that helps you absorb other pieces of intelligent life is like a big plot point in that short story uh as well as how separation from the rest of humanity can cause psychic or almost godlike abilities to develop that uh like you're able to see the connectedness of all things like there's so many things that have like an all most a reference that tie into that like with uh Biling's character being able to look and define you like with her tattoo like there's actually a, a word that's silly but um the from the book where they call it to grok g-r-o-k where it's like mm-hmm. to grok the nature of reality to like completely understand reality and it's just like with uh they have like a term in the book um about like sharing water which is like a huge thing later on in law and how it bonds you together forever and your water right, brothers for sure. and it's like just there's so many a really important plot point in season six yes and it's just like there's so many like e- even just like the the parallels between the both the women that jack uh, well one he has sex with in the flashback and then you know juliet is just kind of barely beginning flirtation but the way right. that they are sacrificed more or less for his arrogance or for his own self-serving plot point to their own people or like they're basically being held accountable for things he caused they have corresponding marks on their lower back like it's like one you could have told you could have tied the two stories but the flashback and the plot on the island together better because they have a lot of like uh cosmetic similarities but you don't actually establish a theme and you just kind of like hope people will think there's a theme because you talked about the tattoos and that you Mm -hmm. didn't make any effort like you it just it feels like i don't know it feels like you're you're jerking yourself off of the plot because you're like haha i named it after a famous heinlein novel and here's some like weird parallels but i'm not gonna do anything with it and i have like (laughs) i i have like uh like what i don't know what to call like fandom blue balls because i'm just like oh you could have done so much yeah. So anyway, exactly. that's all I had. I'm sorry. That was a lot. <laughs> I got too worked up. No, you you deserve to get that worked up because that meant something to you. Yeah. Man, they really be doing it to me. I feel like that's what like everybody feels about with with this episode though, is that it's just like, what? You could have done so much better. Because every other episode of this show, like almost every other episode of this show is like so much better than what you gave us here. Like what happened here? Especially like, I always say that this episode was like just sandwiched in between two bangers, you know, like with Flashes Before Your Eyes is an incredible episode. And next week's, or, and next episode is Trisha Tanaka is Dead, which is one of the most joyful and beautiful episodes of the entire show, in my opinion. And so it's like, so strange that in between those two just incredible episodes that they gave us this 
Yeah. And it didn't have, yeah. to, it didn't have to be this way. Like yeah. th- even just the little bit of like, where they kind of write Sawyer's dialogue, similar to Christians, which like uh, mm-hmm. made my little, like my antenna, like stand up when you mentioned that. Cause I was like, God, yes, right. that always bothered me. Cause there's mm-hmm. a huge part of like, kind of the spoiler alert for Heinlein's like decades old novel for anybody at yeah. home that hasn't <laughs> didn't have to read it for school or something like a huge part of how the, the plot kind of wraps up is, uh, the the martian smith is sort of hinted at by the plot to not like because he speaks to people from the afterlife to be an incarnation of the archangel michael Mm -hmm. and given what you learn about the island later on and how it functions and how the dead there function it's like i feel like they could have really built something into that with sawyer and like Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't know. There's too many loose threads and it makes me upset. It's probably why I hate love this episode. Completely agreed. Cool. So should we move into our thoughts or our um, segments? Sure. Did you guys choose a favorite line award? Will I get canceled if I pick mm, salty? No, my Um, God. Oh, my God. Do it. 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 No, I will not cancel you, but I will deeply hate you because I do have to make a gif of that later. Oh, Oh my God. Please do it. Please do it. Please do it. Please do it. No, you should do it. You should definitely do it. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> yeah take it this is amazing done all right <laughs> um so now we're gonna go into our segments um our first segment is the best line award my best line award goes to carl and sawyer for god loves you as he loved jacob okay thanks for the input okay what weird words you say i liked it uh and my goes to jack for thanks for the sandwich sandwiches just some sandwich talk he really is just like the uh, really um, the sandwich discourse. <laughs> this episode is high. <laughs> sandwich discourse. Yeah. Okay. And then Wyatt, what did you pick? Oh, salty. Uh, mm, salty. <laughs> salty. <laughs> Man, boy, do I have brain worms. <laughs> <laughs> and now we're going to go into Man of Science, Man of Faith. So this week or this episode we're talking about Jack. So would you guys say that Jack is more of a man of science or a man of faith this episode? He's a man of appropriation. Thank you. Good night. Yeah, um, yeah I think that's basically the conversation we need to have because Jack is almost always a man of science and uh, I don't even see like any piece of man of faith Jack in this episode, um, especially because he completely just disregards Atra's faith. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that sucks. He's just an asshole. Yeah, truly. From the bottom of his heart. He learned it from the best, a.k.a. his dad, Christian Shepherd. so. Yeah. yeah. Like, I could try and find something ridiculous. Jesus, Jesus himself. But I'm not gonna, because it feels so disrespectful. Um, Our next segment is Hurley's Walkman. Show me the way to go home. Sawyer sings this folk song and drinking tune on the Outrigger Canoe. It was made famous with its 1925 adaptation by the pseudonyms Irving King. It tells the story of an intoxicated bar patron trying to go home after a night of drinking. Well, all right. Charlie and Desmond were also singing drinking songs last episode. Yes, they were. For Sawyer's Book Corner, um, Wyatt totally talked about Stranger in a Strange Land for us, so we don't even have to talk about it now. Sorry. Score? No, that's good. You, that's good. No, no, it's perfect. Uh, Thank you. Did they do the thing? The thing is when they say the name of the episode in the episode. They've been doing it a lot recently, but not this episode. Mm, all right. Oh, good oh, well. for them. Um, how many episodes since the last knockout? Um, I don't think anybody got knocked out this episode, uh, especially not on island. So we're going to say that's two episodes since the last knockout. Wait, did Jack not get knocked out when he got cold clocked for being a dick? I think he was conscious. I don't think he got knocked completely out. Okay. I 
Yeah, first of all, I think he was conscious. Second of all, our rule is that it's not in flashback. It has to be on island, remember? I forgot our own rule, so yeah. um, I'll, I'll see myself out. Okay. Um, does this episode pass the Bechdel test? Sure does not. Absolutely does not. No. No. It's a... Uh... I think there are four... No, five women in this episode, and they don't talk to each other. Cool. What else is new? Bonk. Stay tuned for our segment after the outro. We'll be discussing this episode in the context of the rest of the series. Please be aware that this will be rampant with spoilers, so proceed with caution. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Our music is Terminal by Good News Tunes. Thank you to the creators and community at Lostpedia. Our spoiler song was composed and produced by Francis Neves. Please, if you're so inclined, write us a review on Apple Podcasts. We would really appreciate that, or wherever you listen. Um, even just the little stars are great. I love little stars. Yeah. If you're a fan of The 100, which, you know, I'm not, um, we like to talk about that show, too. Actually, Sam and Robin are. Um, they are, what are, what, you're covering season three right now, right? Yeah, so we did um, seasons four to seven live as they were airing, and now we're going back to the seasons that we actually liked as a cathartic way to sort of end the series and our podcast. But we're starting with season three because we thought it would be weird to go season one, two, three, and then end with three. And so it's nice to finish it with season one, bring it all full circle. So we are currently recording season three. If you're a fan of Riverdale, we like to talk about that show too. This uh, show is all that I live for. It is very, very stupid, but in such a fun way. Uh, We are on season five and we have an episode for every single episode of Riverdale. Yikes. We sure did spend a lot of time on that. You are so brave to admit that. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and I don't regret it at all. It's very, very fun. So true, bestie. If you're a fan of Stranger Things, we like to talk about that show too. We did all of season one, all of season two, and we are taking up all of 2021 to do season three. And then uh, hopefully we have some season four to talk about. That'd be great. Please, for the love of God. If you are a fan of Star Trek, we like to talk about the whole franchise too, because um, it's nice and good and there's good things in it. Um, we covered season one of Star Trek Picard, and we're going to be doing some other things hopefully soon on that feed. I'm just extremely busy. You know, <laughs> you can follow at the aficionados on Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr, Instagram, Redbubble, YouTube, mostly Twitter. Um, but I do post gifts of all of our favorite line awards on Tumblr. So um, go ahead and follow us there for an mm, salty gift eventually. <laughs> uh, no, sorry. I'm going to download it though and use it for everything. I'm actually okay, good that you did it, to be honest. <laughs> and our Patreon is patreon.com slash the aficionados. Like we were talking about before. Um, if you like what we do here, please consider donating because yikes, it is expensive. Um, at the $1 level, you get early access to all of our podcasts. $5 level, you get 10% off at choppylux.com. Um, and we are starting to get some more perks, like including a Patreon-only podcast at the $10 level, a Discord server at the $2 level, um, and some exclusive merchandise at the $15 level. And that will happen soon. Yeah, I'm I'm really excited about all of it. Me too. You can follow me on Twitter at Abritania, which is B-R-I-T-T-A-N-I-A with an underscore at the end. But I don't know why you would. I'm extremely annoying. And you can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey. That's R-O-B-Y-N-E-J-F-F. R-E-Y, pretty much everywhere. Please follow me. I'm almost at 900. I really appreciate it. Uh, I talk about Lost a lot. Um, Wyatt, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me on. This was fun. Uh, Thanks for being patient with me and sorry that I yelled a lot. (laughs) You were great. You were so good. Can you remind everyone where they can follow you again? Oh, uh, yeah. You can follow me at The Last Amazon on um, Twitter, Tumblr, and Instagram. I'm most active on Twitter, but I wouldn't follow me unless you want to follow someone that talks a lot about James Tiptree and posts like 20 long tweet threads on how Lash Serum is a scam. Um, I have ADHD and I'm insufferable, so. (laughs) You're right and you should say it. Thanks. (laughs) Thanks. <laughs> um, our next episode is episode 310. It's called Trisha Danaka is Dead. It's a 
awesome episode and our um guest for that episode is john who is at john delaporta um we had so much fun with john in our 209 podcast for what kate did um so we're really excited to talk to him again yay okay love you bye bye. okay love you bye Okay, spoilers. Okay, so the first thing that I grabbed for spoilers, to be honest, I don't have a lot of spoilers this episode just because- Yeah, I was going to say, are there any? I have some, but a lot of the stuff that happens this episode straight up just doesn't come back. So I just don't have that much stuff. Yeah, because they're like, we got to wipe this episode off the face of the planet. Yeah. (laughs) So on Lostpedia, it said, this is the last Jack-centric flashback episode that is centric solely to Jack. Um, It could be argued that 316 contains one long flashback instead of a flash forward. Um, and his only other flashback is in a Jacob-centric episode, The Incident, because every other one has been a flash forward. So this is the okay. last Jack flashback. Yeah. The last Jack flashback, is what I said. <laughs> and then before I go into my notes, um, I just wanted to remind everybody, Manda pointed out um, like five things that are good about this episode. Um, And I couldn't say this one at the beginning of the podcast, but I can say it now. They said, Jack's behavior in this episode sets us up perfectly to believe that the season three finale is a flashback. The poor behavior and drinking mean that by the time the finale comes around, we do believe this could have been part of his past. And that's a totally good point. Yeah. Because uh, the the fact that that episode is a flash forward instead of a flashback is it's so important that you believe that it's a that it's a flashback yeah. for um for like the big reveal at the end. So that is a good thing about the episode. I will give you that. Fair enough. For um our spoilers about the actual episode for the skate storyline, Kate Kate says we have to go back. So <laughs> we have to go back is obviously important. Um, and then later, I like how she's like, we have to go back. And then when Jack says we have to go back at the season three finale, she's like, no. <laughs> Carl says my backyard. So that means he has a house and he can't live in the house alone. So who are Carl's parents? We talked a lot about Carl in our Not in Portland episode about like who Carl's parents are and who like where he even freaking came from. And so that this is just more reason to believe that Carl has some parents and we just don't know who they are. Why did they let Ben treat their kids that badly? I don't know. Okay, moving on to the Jack storyline. No, let's not. Uh, it's better than the flashback, so. Oh, so true. Be appreciative. <laughs> like I said, not a lot here. Okay, so that wooden podium with the Hydra symbol on it and like this room, I was just wondering what the Dharma people would have actually like used this for, like before the purge, before Ben basically kills them all, what this room was for. My guess, because this station is supposed to be for like animal research and uh, like aquatic animal and the the polar bear, it's basically holding the animals. Yeah. Is that maybe it could be a room for like speeches like my guess is like maybe they would bring in a lot of people and people would do presentations on what they learned or something that's my only guess as to what that room was used for before the others took it over i think that's plausible oh and then my other thing was just that being marked doesn't really change anything for juliet later right like we hardly ever see it and it's hardly ever brought up again i think or important at all so damon said because we never see isabel again so damon said that isabel is dead by the end of season three um we don't know how but damon said that she was and so she could have been one of the people with tom at the camp um like do you guys remember when saeed bernard and Jin stayed behind and like blow some stuff up possible that she could have been one of those people but we don't necessarily know how she died we just know that she is dead by the end of season three just because 
Damon said so. All right. So clearly they didn't like that actress. Right. Uh, I don't know what the what the deal about that is at all. And then, okay, so let me see if I have anything for the flashbacks. Sorry in advance. No. <laughs> I don't have anything about the flashbacks because because none of it matters. They never get brought up again. Straight up. All right, you guys. Sorry about that super small um, spoiler section, um, but truly there's nothing to add, really. And you know what? That's okay. <laughs> yeah. So um, I know we just did this, but Wyatt, we wanted to thank you again for coming on. Yay. Thank you so much. <laughs> thank you guys very much. This is a lot of fun. I, yeah, it was fun. I, I I had more fun than I expected to talk about this. About this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, we laughed more than I expected. Exactly. I'm more excited to hear the episode after mine though, because I I love Trisha oh, yeah. is dead. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so all of our twitters will uh, and uh, social medias will be in the description if you want to go check those out at the Aficionados everywhere. Like I said, Patreon is Patreon.com/slash/TheAficionados. There's a link in the description as well. Um, and that's kind of it. So I guess we'll see you guys for the next episode. Okay, love you. Bye. Okay, love you. Bye. Bye. (laughs) What the hell's the Brady Bunch?